Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast at four past six on your Monday morning and we have a cricket world champion, Kempe, and it wow. is the Aussies, the sixth <laughs> time that they've done it. The Aussies have done it, yep. I'll tell you what, the cricket um, world is in a bit of shock this morning. The Aussies doing it so easy too, mate. Well, that's the thing. The Indians never got going. They never got partnerships going. Like, I mean, their, their high scorer was their wicketkeeper. Uh, KL Rahul was 66, and he did that off like over 100 balls. So they were obviously struggling out there. Only three Indians really got decent scores. Yeah. Everybody else went pretty cheaply. Ten wins in a row and can't win the big one. And uh, yes, congratulations to the Australians. I know we quite a few people in SEN um, Australia happy with that. The Aussies and the cricket team getting that done. Cricket's so big in Australia. I'll tell you, they'll be um, doing cartwheels over there. They'll have another public holiday, call it Australian Cricket Public Holiday today, um, getting a World Cup. They, they, they were never meant to win it. Everyone was picking India. Even we were talking to Paulie Mawadi last week, all the money was going on India, some big bets too. So Mate, a lot of disappointed people this morning if you backed India. It's, 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 about, uh, it's about peaking at the right time, right? I mean, remember Australia lost their first two games and everybody's like, are they going to make the semis? Are they going to make the semis? That's exactly right. You're dead right. You're dead right. It wasn't too far far ago we were talking about Aussie not even getting through to the semis, and then they get there and uh, take care of South Africa and sweep the Indians um, quite easily in the final. Uh, Pat Cummings and the boys there, but big. I I I still got to say probably the 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 biggest image of that World Cup was uh, Glenn Maxwell's two hundred plus. Yeah, uh, two hundred one was two hundred one runs. I think yeah, it was not out. Yeah, to win that to win that game, it's. Uh, uh, that was superb. Uh, that was against Afghanistan when they were in a hole. And if they'd lost that, then they might have been on the outer, uh, to be honest. Let's have a look at the scorecard for you. Uh, the Aussies won the toss and put India into bat. Uh, and this is with the Indian scorecard. Rohit Sharma, the captain, he uh, scored 47 from 31. He was uh, bold Maxwell caught head. Shubman Gill. Uh, his opening partner didn't last long. He was out for four bold start court Zampa. Virat Kohli, clean bold Pat Cummins for 54 of 63. Shariah's Ayer out for four of three balls. Bold Cummins caught uh, Inglis. Uh, Kale Rahul, as I mentioned earlier, 66 of 107 balls before he was caught uh, behind off the bowling of Stark as well. Ravindra Jadeja, only nine. He could score off 22 balls. Um, once again, it was obviously the ball's doing a little bit. The Aussies, a lot of caught behinds. Inglis had, uh, what, five caught behinds. That one off uh, Hazelwood. Yadav also caught by Inglis off Hazelwood for 18 off 28. So you can see the Indians not scoring at a great clip. Um, Mohamed Shami, uh, 6 off 10, caught Inglis bold Stark. Uh, Jasprit Bumrah was LBW Zampa for 1 off 3. And Kuldeep Yadav was run out on the last ball for 10 off 18. Uh, Mohamed Shiraj, 9 off 8, uh, was the not out batsman. India, 240 from their 50 overs, the best of the Aussie bowlers. Mitchell Stark, 3 for 55 from his 10. Uh, Josh Hazelwood took 2 for 60 off his 10. And tell you what, it's a captain's uh, go with the ball, mate. 34 runs off 10 overs in the final. That's what Pat Cummins did and took two wickets. Yeah. That's, uh, that, a captain's that, that, knock. That, yeah, superb. Zamper also got one inside of Glenn Maxwell. In reply, India, well, uh, David Warner uh, did as usual. Nothing. Uh, 7 off 3 uh, at the top of the order. Bold Shami caught Coley. Travis Head, 137 off 120 balls. 
bold uh, Siraj caught Shulman Gill. That was two runs shy of the victory. Mitch Marsh, 15 off 15. He was bold Boomerah caught Rahul. Steve Smith, LBW, Boomerah for four off nine. Manus Labashane, 58 off 110 balls. He was not out. And Glenn Maxwell, two off one. He was also not out. Australia getting it done with seven overs to spare and six wickets in hand. A few texts through. The old story, the team that bowls and feels the best wins. Or was it that the pitch improved as the match went on? Well, there was a bit of Australian um, suggestion that the uh, that the Indians were trying to pick the pitch again like they did in the semi-final, but didn't do them any good this time, Kempe. No. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Is that the highlight of the weekend? Or, you know, you've got... I guess that's probably one of the, the last big... Um, the big finishes to the end of the year, isn't it? Oh, it's the last it's all, big it's all American. Yeah. It's all American sport now. Yeah. Leading and, into Christmas. Oh, well, yeah, and there's a lot of sport out of Europe as well. Also, like your Champions League and your, yeah. your, uh, your EPL soccer season and stuff like in. that. Yeah, so, and the United Rugby Championship as well. And normally we're talking about the Breakers too. They went down again last night um, to, was it Illawarra? Mm. I think it was sitting on the bottom of the table. They're joining them, so um, from the highs see, of last year to the to the lows of this year. See who's coaching Illawarra now? Who's that? You know, Jason Tatum, the Boston Celtics oh, star, yes. his dad, Justin. I get, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess that's what's happening. It's, um, well, it's a, you know, you're talking about all that sport, Rick. That's some, something we could probably talk about too, leading into Christmas, is the changing face of Pacific sport with, uh, you know, A-League soccer getting another franchise here in Auckland, um, NBA, NBA using NBL as a, as a decent pathway, as long as the, the, um, the soccer down here with the Phoenix and that being, I guess, promoted as a pathway for EPL and and the likes of that. Uh, well, we just saw uh, another youngster whose name escapes me now, but he was at Adelaide uh, on in the last week, signed by Bayern Munich for about five and a half million Australian. Yeah. Which goes straight into yeah. Adelaide United's coffers. Well, that's nice, isn't it? So how does that transfer system work? So if, you, if, you're, picked, if you're a kid coming through an Australian soccer system, do you get... A transfer if your kid goes and signs for for like Dortmund. Or well, yeah, like and, and so in this case, is I think it's five point five or five point seven million Australian dollars. Uh, that's what Bayern Munich will pay to Adelaide for his contract, right? So they buy the contract. They're leaving the kid there for the season at Adelaide, so he can play the rest of the season. It's at Adelaide. changing for a club, isn't it? Oh yeah, big yeah. time, big time. And then there's usually a percentage of that transfer fee will go to the player slash agent. Um, and then the rest will go into the club coffers. Yeah, well, that's a transfer system that definitely works. Yeah, well, it does. That's a thing, you know. I mean, and and I, I don't know what the percentages are these days. It used to be around ten percent of your transfer fee went into the player's pocket. So if you got signed for five point seven million, he'd be pocketing five hundred and seventy thousand. I don't know if it still works that way, but that's the way it used to work. Mm. So, um, so that's not bad. And you probably have to split that with his with his agent as well, but. It's still not bad. Sets him up as well because, I mean, you know, he'll go to Germany. He'll finish this season. He'll go to Germany, play in the Bundes. Uh, well, probably he'll get loaned out. They'll probably loan him to a team in, like, Belgium or Holland or Austria or somewhere, play a season there, get up to speed, then bring him into the first team. That's probably how they'll they'll make it work. Um, and, yeah, but, yeah, great pathway, mate, great pathway. We should actually, I, I mentioned the United Rugby Championship. We should talk Kempe's kicker. Mm. Because Kempe's kicker last week, Dave from Karaka, he tipped us into two. And he tipped us in to a couple of games out of the United Rugby Championship. 
and man, it was close. So he said, you want to jump on these two, 12 and under. And uh, it was Glasgow uh, to beat uh, Zebra 12 and under, and I think Edinburgh to beat the Bulls 12 and under. Well, Edinburgh did beat the Bulls 12 and under. Sorry, it was Cardiff to beat Zebra 12 and under. Cardiff were leading by seven points at 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Zebra scored a try in the 85th minute and converted it in the 86th minute to draw the game and torpedo the, the Kippies kicker. Mm. Yeah. That's how close it was. Just about, and a decent payout too. Um, but we'll get there, we'll get there. It's a, the kicker's back up and running this week. Um, yeah, look, not far away, Rick, not far away. And that was a decent pick from you too. So um, looking forward to that that coming around. I'm going to thank Paulie Mawadi at the TAB too for helping us out with that uh, through the the year with all the changes that have been going on with Entain and and the likes, but uh, yep, just keep an eye out Thursday morning. Kimby Kickers back on again. Um, have a look what's coming up. Plenty to plenty to look at. Still, uh, yep. with the rest of the rest of the year rolling out. Uh, and um, the other thing that we haven't been really talking about, Rick, is the sevens. Like I've been watching a little bit of the sevens rugby too, and they they've been going around looking pretty good too. Our, our, especially our men's team. We had the Oceania Sevens. When was that last night? This weekend, gone the one before, right? And they 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 went pretty good. Well, they just you know they I like like looking at the young people coming through. You know, like the players and maybe there's some big boys, big fast young men coming through. Um, and another story that was out was Leo Thompson's brother, who who played New Zealand. I think it was New Zealand Marley's on the cusp oh, of all black selection. He's the hooker from he's from Gizzy originally, isn't he? I think he's been playing for Hawks Bay. Hawks Bay, apparently. Apparently, a twin brother of Leo signed for the Knights. Is that right? The Knights, eh? Well, because he, he's a he's a big. I think he was part of that New Zealand Barbarians team that went up at the end of last season to uh, to the Northern Hemisphere as well. So, I mean, given Dane Coles is uh, isn't going to be an All Black this year, and neither is Cody Taylor because he's having his his uh, sabbatical. You know, there's room for a couple of hookers, or you know, probably another two hookers to come through behind uh, some of Sony Tokiahau. So mm. it's yeah, it's a big call for him if he does go. Well, yeah, but uh, if they if they haven't signed him to, a, I guess, an All Black contract uh, yet, he's probably been offered decent money to go over there and join his brother. And uh, you know, the way that uh, Leo Thompson's been playing, and the way, you know, especially making the Kiwis a share and. And going to another level, they're expecting the same. You know, they they like the brothers. You know, the, the Safidi brothers there. If they get the Thompson brothers there, mate, they've got a decent forward pack. Mm, yeah, they're real good forward pack, real good forward pack. Actually, talking about uh, people switching codes, how's this guy? Uh, he probably his name isn't probably massive here because of AFL isn't massive here. But Mitchell Woods has apparently been signed by the Bulldogs. Now, Mitchell Woods is widely considered one of the hottest prospects in AFL. And the Sydney Swans were trying to sign him, but the Bulldogs have signed him, and apparently they see him as a half. Well, it's yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, look, that AFL NRL battle's still going on, isn't it? You know, the the cross code um, battle. A lot of the thing with it is a lot of parents now see, and a lot of the the pathways for AFL rugby union and rugby league have the same players at school playing the playing each one of them. So if you see a kid. Now at at school, who's pretty good with an oval ball, each t- each um, 
sport's going to have a crack at him. Yeah, 100%. Because that's... And trying to pick up a young bloke, this is that whole contract thing. You know, paying overs for a young bloke when, you, when they're at school and you're giving them 100 grand, when you think about it, if they actually come out and make it 19, 20, it's not, it's not a hell of a lot of money to be paying for a, uh, a player, you know, such as the, the likes of Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, because that's what happened with him when he went to Sydney City. But I tell you, it's all happening in Australia at the moment in terms of signings. Uh, Tim Eisenhuth from the Storm was supposed to be going to the Panthers. Well, the Dragons apparently have swooped in and grabbed him. Grabbed him instead of gra- um, Adam Fanua Blake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Replacement. So they've got they've got him. Tom Dearden apparently uh, is is also in their sights at the moment. Looks like Justin Ollum might be going to the West Tigers. Yeah, a big player swap apparently going on there. Uh, so you know, Benji's still trying to build that team. He's Oh, look, I listened to Luke Brooks talk about Manly yeah. uh, and just saying how much strike power Manly had, you know, and he's really looking forward to, to getting out there across the board. It doesn't say a hell of a lot for West Tigers when you've got your, you know, your, your marquee halfback that's been there for a number of years saying that, you know, West Tigers haven't got much strike power. No, well, exactly. I mean, he's letting Sean Bloor go by the sounds of it. Benji is part of the deal. He's one of the young Fords coming through. So, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that plays out. But the other thing that I, I noticed, and it's, it's all coming up at the moment, there's a meeting at ten o'clock Australian time today uh, about whether or not Hamish McLennan stays on as Australian Rugby CEO. The the money is that he won't. He's coming out and said, Tom Petty's saying, I won't back down and I won't back down either. And I was like, yeah, good luck, mate. Mm. Tom Petty's dead. Uh, and so is your career uh, at Australian Rugby, I think. Uh, but it's also come out now that because he's going, and Eddie's obviously gone, that Australian Rugby bosses are looking at the possibility of scratching uh, Joseph Soali signing. as a contract. Well, and a lot of it, it's apparently come back because Nick Politis has come out and said, oh, there's a contract here for when he finishes, when his rugby contract finishes, he's going to come straight back here and we'll get a contract for him. He's already got it locked uh, up. He's already got it locked up and now the Aussie rugby bosses are like, well, if that's the case, maybe we don't want him at all. So, yeah, watch this space. That might change. It is It is this, this transfer season, stuff. yeah, like players' movement uh, moving just before Christmas, just after... Is uh, is definitely on the cards for a lot of the NRL clubs. I think Joseph. I don't. I don't. I don't think Joseph goes to Australian rugby, mate. I think they, if they can, they get out of that that uh, that five million dollar hole that they put themselves in. And if uh, you know Sydney City decide to pick it back up, Joseph Swaley could still play, mate. Still a good player. Yeah, oh, he's a very good player, and he's still only young. But yeah, it looks like uh, Nick Politis might have done done Aussie rugby a dirty with that because mm. now they're all like, oh, well, I actually probably done them a favour if they do get out of that, they do that, get out of that contract. All right, let's get into this, uh, Robbie. Simply the best. We'll get to Kempe's shortly, but I'm going to go first. And I don't know if this is simply the best or simply the worst, Kempe, but it was a standout for me. European qualifying is going on at the moment to make the Euro Championships. Mm. They've expanded the Euro Championships now. It used to be, uh, I think it's going to go up to 32 teams. I mean, which has got to be half of Europe, right? Uh, But France the other day played Gibraltar, who are one of the Minos, one of the Minos, uh, and beat them 14-0. 
It was 7-0 at half time. 14-0 by the end. I mean, Gibraltar have had some... I mean, they're, they're not a big... They're not a... They're, you know, obviously, they're not a, a great side. But they've nobody's ever put those sort of numbers on them. So France, who are probably the best team in Europe right now, led by Kylian Mbappe, 14 goals past Gibraltar. Like I said, I don't know if that's a simply the best or a simply the worst, but it's a, a record win in European qualifying, a record win in French football history. Yeah. I'll, and, well, the French are... An unbelievable side, aren't they? They've got so much strike and talent across the board. We saw that in the World Cup. Um, Gibraltar back to the back to the drawing board as far as you know uh, performing. It, it must be really demoralising when you go out there in those type of games. You know, you're you're, you're working towards it all week and then just get absolutely towed up against the side that you know everything seems to go right. So, um, I think France. France, what, do, do you think they win the European Championship? Well, I think they're going to be favourites, and not just off the back of this, but I just think that they, they're probably the better, te- the best team. I mean, I mean, Germany are hosts, but they just lost 3-2 to Turkey the other day. Mm. Um, England are OK, but I think, don't think Gareth Southgate's the right manager now. I think he's a bit too conservative for the players that they've got. Spain aren't the team they used to be. They're, neither are the Italians. They're, they're sort of reinventing themselves at the moment, so... Really, the French, I think, stand out. Maybe Portugal. Portugal have got... I mean, I know Cristiano Ronaldo's about 78 now but uh, and still, can t- <laughs> still wants to play, but uh, they have got a lot of good players around him. But, I mean, just to put this into some sort of context for you um, with Gibraltar, they have lost their last few, but uh, November 2022, they won two games back-to-back uh, against other smaller teams, Liechtenstein and Andorra. But they played the Dutch, who are a very good side, all right, recently. They played the Dutch, lost 3-0 to the Dutch. Well, right? that's all right. And the last time they played France, which was uh, in Gibraltar, uh, they lost 3-0. So that's what I mean. I mean, like, you know, they're not a great side. But 14-0, that is a marker. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a, well, that's a hiding. That's all you can say about that. So uh, well done to France. And, uh, yep, let's just see if Gibraltar can bounce back. Here goes Mbappe. Oh, it's brilliance! Fafana pulling the strings. Yes, Minetti stayed on side. There's Giroud to thump it in. Teo Hernandez goes for goal with power. Comes out for Giroud! History has been made in Nice tonight. 14-0, it's finished. 14-0. Kempi, all right. That was my simply the best slash worst of the weekend. What about yours? Oh, mate, I had a I had an awesome weekend actually celebrating my son's uh, graduation at Tuamanga Takiura, which is a full immersion course that he'd done all year. And uh, yep, I got him. I got to witness uh, his totoko, which is uh, um, paying respects to Papa Tafari Rawako Fire um, Car uh, at the end of it, and mate, the haka was spine tingling. It was uh, it was a big day for the family. That uh, both my kids now have gone through Wananga uh, Takiura and uh, Korero Māori um, alongside myself. So for the last three years, Rick, I've been uh, doing that kaupapa and you know proud proud father moment for me. Uh, sport took a back seat as I went and celebrated with uh, with both my 
my boy uh, Noah and my daughter Lena um, in the celebration of Noah just getting through that year. So well done to him. Yeah, superb. So when you say full immersion, it's nothing but today for a full 12 months. For a full 12 months, yeah. And uh, I guess the uh, it was really brought out Jenny May Coffin when she, you know, obviously, when she was one of the... the f- the first people that went through uh, Taki Ora and quite a few. Mike McRoberts, uh, yep. had a good chat to him. He's, um, Papa Mike was there on Saturday as well, so he's done a full full year. He's in the same uh, Akomanga, which is the class of Noah, uh, this year. And, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's tough, but it's, uh, yeah, it's rewarding. And, and just watching them being celebrated that, on Saturday, and and all the all the parents and Fano that have come around the mutu because you know Mike's from Christchurch, so his all his family and that were up there. You know, we've got from Taranaki Moinga all the way down through the east coast up to the the far north people coming in uh, who go to that that quarter. So, uh, well done to everyone. Another year down, uh, and Papa Tafuri and Faikar who are in their eighties that run that school wow. are there are there every morning at seven o'clock, just making sure that. I think it's over 140, 150 kids, um, well, not just kids, but um, uh, students that are there learning year in, year out. Yeah, well, there you go. Well done uh, to Noah. Well done to the, to the family. It sounds like a great weekend. It is 6.25. That was simply the best. It is 6.26 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on your Monday morning. Who am I? A $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. I'm a New Zealander, but I barely ever play sport in New Zealand. I'm a New Zealander, but I barely ever play sport in New Zealand. $100 Adidas golf voucher. Who am I? Double eight, double three if you know the answer to that one. Now, uh, Robbie is uh, going to join us now because we've got a new segment, Robbie. We've got a new segment for the next few weeks, and this this is your baby, so tell us how it works. Morning, lads. How are, how are we going? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Good, understated as ever. Yeah, here we go. New segment, new giveaway. <laughs> yep. We're doing a, uh, a nice game of two truths, one lie. This is how this is going to work. So we uh, to celebrate the Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale, uh, we got 15 balanced protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. So we're going to do a nice game of two truths, one lie. If you don't know how that works, I'm going to say a statement. Rick's going to say a statement. Kempi's going to say a statement. One of us is lying. It's up to you on the text line to figure out who that is. Correct answers go in the draw to win that prize pack. Okay, there Rick, we go. Do you want to start us off? I'll start us off. Um, okay, two truths, one lie. Whew. Uh, back when I was living in Tauranga, uh, which was mid-90s, I got roped into playing for Mount Maunganui Football Club. And I was just going there for a run around to play like resis. Uh, but uh, they were short in the first team, so I ended up playing first team. So I played National League for, I played about four, four games in National League, played Chatham Cup, but scored a hat-trick against Waitakere United at Fred Taylor Park in one of those outings. It's a nice park too. So it's a good Out park. west. Yeah, 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 it's a real good park. Nice, nice. Well, Rick Dog is a striker. That's a good one. I'm actually going to go away from sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about my, my rally driving 
experience because there's been a lot about F1 and all that and how it's not working this weekend. And uh, I was asked to take my uncle to a party one day in his car, and I, I was 12 at the time, and I wrote his car off. <laughs> With him in it. <laughs> All right, Rob. Oh dear. Right. Um, Up to you. I'm joining. I'm joining Kempy away from sport, and mm. um, I'm, I'm going very simple. Mm. Very simple statement that simple uh, al- with us. allegedly once happened to me. I once got petrol in my eye. You once got <laughs> petrol in your eye. There you go. That sounds like it would hurt. It may or may not have. It, it may or may not have. Okay, so who's lying? It is two truths, one lie. Who is lying for that Black Friday special uh, from the Chemist Warehouse? It's uh, 15 balanced protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. One of those is today. We're going to do one a, we- uh, one a day for the next three weeks. Let us know who is lying. Double eight, double three to get in that draw. It is a bang on 6.30. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It's 25 away from 7. Uh, Morena to you. Welcome to Monday on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Keep your texts rolling through for Who Am I? And Two Truths, One Lie as well. There's uh, a lot of guesses flying around. Not too many correct ones just yet. Flight Centre's Big Red Sale is on now with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big. Let's get stuck in to some sports news headlines. And Well, we covered this off earlier. But, I mean, uh, it's a World Cup, so uh, here we go again. Travis Head has hit a World Cup winning, not a match winning, but a World Cup winning innings to defeat India at the Cricket World Cup final in Aminabad. Australia won the toss, sent India into bat. The hosts, they just couldn't get their partnerships established. KL Rahul, 66 off 107, was the top scorer in India's total of just 240. Australia lost early wickets. Warner for seven, Marsh for 15, Steve Smith for four were all back in the pavilion by the seventh over. But then a 192-run partnership between uh, Travis Head and Manus Lubbershane saw the, uh, well, just about saw Australia home. Travis Head got out two runs from victory. That would have been a good finish, yeah. a good finish if he could, have, he could have batted that out. Yeah, if he could have, because I'm in the open, so he would have carried his bat. He was out for 137 eventually, uh, just two runs short of the winning table. But the Aussies got it done, seven overs to spare, and six wickets up their sleeves as well. Now, uh, coming up a little, around about 7.40, actually, Araha is going to join us in the studio uh, to give us uh, the lowdown on the Las Vegas Ooh. Formula One because it's been an absolute dumpster fire, uh, shamozzle. Uh, but and that, that was outside the racing. The racing itself wasn't, and Max Verstappen has overcome a collision and a penalty to win a chaotic race. Uh, it was a pretty thrilling contest, actually. Uh, Charles Leclerc was the pole sitter, and uh, he was close, but he got undone by a safety car towards the end. So Verstappen won it. Leclerc second. He stopped the Red Bull 1-2. Uh, Sergio Perez, he overtook Sergio Perez on that final lap. It means Verstappen has now won 18 times this season, which extends the record that he set a couple of races ago. And how's this, Kempe? I think this is great. Five Kiwis from the record test win over Australia have been nominated in the Rugby League Player of the Year awards. And also Kiwi Fern co-captain Racine McGregor has a shot at a second consecutive prize. Kiwis captain James Fisher-Harris is joined by Golden Boot Longlist, uh, on the Golden Boot Longlist, I should say, by scrum half Jerome Hughes. 
Try-scoring wing uh, Ronaldo Mulitalo lose forward Joey Tarpany and fullback Chance Nickel Clockstead. The quintet were key performers in the Kiwis' 30-0 win over the Kangaroos in the Pacific Championship final. They're bidding to make it a Kiwi three-peat for the prestigious award at the International Rugby League Awards. The last two winners were Kiwis as well. Joey Manu uh, in 2022 and new Warriors returnee Roger Tuivasa-Shek in 2019 because the awards were mothballed for a little while as well. That's right. Um, so how good would that be? Kiwis three, three times I th- I th- in a I row. Think, I think um, James Fisher-Harris gets it. You yeah. Know, like, if you have Molly Talo in there, I'm... I'm I was sort of like a little bit surprised about that. Um, you surprised that Sarko's not there instead? Well, I'm not surprised because they had a, a, a 2000 and I think it might have been 11 or 12. They picked a winger from England that was just like out of the blue. Yeah, and you know, and, and they do come up with those type of um, decisions annual, uh, annually. But you know, with James Fisher Harris, if you look at his year, like won a premiership. Captain the Kiwis um, holds the record for the score against the Australians as captain is is some very good criteria if they're going to look at a player getting that award. So I think it'd be very hard to knock off Racing McGregor. I think she picks it up again. Yeah, she's, she's definitely um, they get their win against Australia in that in that Test match. I think she was outstanding alongside um, uh, Tyler Nathan Wong. So yeah, it's uh, it could be a Kiwi double. Picking up the, the the World Player of the Year. All right, uh, Kiwi double potentially. Is there anybody that's not on that short list that you think should be out of the Kiwi team? Uh, no, not really. I think I think you know they got Joe Tarpany in there too. You yeah, didn't yeah. mention his name, so uh, I think if you have a look at the team, um, you know Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown didn't really have that much of a year. Chance Nicol Clock said had a very good year for the Warriors. So. If you look at his Warrior years and his last Test match where he picked up Player of the Day, is probably next to Fisher Harris is the next best. I don't I, look. I don't. I don't know why Mulatalo's in there. Yes, he had a really good Test match in the last one, but um, I think the, the the battle is between uh, Chance and and James Fisher Harris. And I and I think James Fisher Harris because of the captaincy and the and the Premiership probably get it. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, and we look forward to seeing the results of that. And uh, finally. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is on a tear at the moment and he could reach a rare milestone that may help him earn a new contract extension as well. Today they play the Carolina Panthers, the Dallas Cowboys, and Prescott could become just the fourth player in NFL history with 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in four consecutive games. That's a good, that's a decent effort. (laughs) The only players to have done it are Patrick Mahomes... Steve Young and Peyton Manning. And those guys are all big names. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, two-time MVP. Uh, Steve Young, Hall of Famer. He, he replaced Joe Montana at the 49ers and was arguably more successful. Yeah. And then uh, Peyton Manning as well. So that is a big one to look out for. Actually, a whole heap of games on this morning. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mate, that, when, you, when you're looking at those stats, like to do it consistently as well, you'd have to think that, you know, maybe come the back end of the year, they're a chance. I think so. I think they just need to sort their defense out. They and they his name escapes me at the moment, but they they lost one of their best defensive tackles for the season a couple of weeks ago. So to see how they plug that hole will be interesting. I saw a horrible hip drop on the weekend. Mm. Did you see that? Yeah, and it just like, looked like a dislocated knee. Yeah, which is like mate, oh. when you see the leg going the wrong way, um, and it's it looks it does look terrible. 
Um, so yeah, uh, quick recovery. I, I, I can't remember who that player was, but I just remember looking at it going, oh no, that's do, horrible. Do you follow on Twitter? Do you follow NRL Physio? Yes. Yeah, he put it up. That's where yeah. I saw it. He, I saw him put it up. It was like, Anyway, catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL. And yeah, those games today, whole bunch of them coming your way, including uh, my Raiders up against Breddy's Dolphins. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I'm picking. Uh, it's going to be tight because uh, since uh, we cleared house. Uh, the, the Raiders have been going all right, actually. Uh, defensively, a lot sounder, that's for sure. But uh, you've got the Steelers, the Browns, the Bears, Lions, Chargers, Packers, Raiders, Dolphins, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, Panthers, Titans, Jags, Cardinals, Texans, all kicking off at 7 o'clock, not too far away. I've got a multi as well, Kempi, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, shortly. Uh, we'll see how I get on with that. It is 17 away from 7 o'clock. When we come back, it's Love Racing, and Tom Doyle's going to join us. 6.48, call us anytime, 0800 811 on the Temper Bed um, text machine. If you've got some, uh, some something that you watched on the weekend you thought was worth watching, why don't you send it through, let me and Rick know, we'll pick it up and chat. Uh, well, it started off great for us last week. Fashion shoot at 10s and 3s. Filled our pockets up midweek. And then on Friday, we gave you this one. Robbie Patterson was a sure thing. Town Crier, she is going huge here. And Town Crier out wide. Mary Louise is trying to gun her down there. Coming after her. Oh, what a quality performance. Set back last and blew them away. Mary Louise, brilliant winner. Wow, wow, it was coming last and then it won. That was the text from Robbie. He obviously filled his pockets up as well. So I hope you got Mary Louise on Friday. And uh, the tip for me was Waisaki in the cup on Saturday. He just couldn't get to Maharajan. Maharajan two in front. The Metrop winner Nestig is charging. And the old boy Waisaki joining in as well. It's Maharajan, Nestig a half a length away. Nestig a neck away. Maharajan finding, Nestig coming. But it's Marajan to win the New Zealand Cup. Marajan wanted a neck from Nestig. Waisaki for third. And Waisaki, yes, for the trip, uh, for wide the trip. It uh, was a big run for Al Sharik. Marajan holding on with Nestig was a favourite. Um, but we took the $3 on Waisaki, didn't we, boys? We got that one in as well. We had a field day. Uh, and, of course, so did this guy here. Tom Doyle will join us because, mate, I want to see how he celebrated after getting this one as a group one. It's Impendabel who hit the front. Luberon wobbles about. Impendabel the leader. Here comes Tulsi from the back running on strongly. Also Molly Bloom. Tulsi, Molly Bloom is descending strongly after Impendabel. The blooming is done. A star is born. Molly Bloom won the thousand guineas. Beat Impendabel. Well, a star is born. Tom Doyle, his first crack at it, and he gets a Group 1 winner. How's the recovery coming, mate? Have you, have you, have you got the electrolytes back on board, Tom? Yeah, we're getting there slowly. There's a few Irish boys in the um, in the horse as well. They had a syndicate, so we ended up at the Irish pub till till deep into the night. So it's been a slow Monday morning, that's for sure. Mate, Molly Bloom, obviously the the Irish name. Just take us through how you guys named it. Oh, it was uh, an AFI, obviously, and so we wanted to go um, down the gambling um, line and. And I think um, someone just threw out the name Molly Bloom because that movie was floating around at the time. So um, she's obviously a, a, a gambler and <laughs> from the States. And we just thought, oh, you know what? It sounds pretty good and it sounds like a bit of a winner. So I think it's stuck. I was going to say, with that, that uh, great piece of commentary we just heard there as well, A Star Is Born must be your next horse, is it? 
Yeah, it's not too bad, is it? It's quite funny, even just um, at the day, because uh, we had two, and Elsa Nickett coming around the, the bend. You had Grande Gallo and then Molly Bloom, so I was actually yelling out Grande Gallo until um, about 40 metres to go, actually. So <laughs> it was a bittersweet um, moment, but uh, Molly Bloom, obviously, what a horse. It was, um, it was, it was great to watch. Hey, Tom, so we, we, we're more accustomed to seeing you on the football pitch, um, but you, you first, you first take into racing, and you go and get a... Well, you've got a couple of Group 1 uh, horses there, Molly Bloom winning on the weekend. Is this your like you've been involved in the racing game before? Was it or is it just something that someone said, "Hey, mate, we've got a horse. Do you want to be in it?" Yeah, it was. Uh, I had the inside scoop from uh, marrying into the O'Sullivan family in about a year's time. <laughs> I've been with Kate and O'Sullivan, Lance's daughter, for five years, so they've been um, they've been kind of giving me insights into you know what horses I should jump into. And then um, at, at my old company, James Group, um, the boys just were keen to get together and. And, and get into a couple of horses, so I think they said, look, we'll sort you out with a couple of beauties, and, and they seem to have done that, to have two group ones in our first few horses, so it was pretty, um, pretty special. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a really cool feeling when you see your horse that's at the back and you don't know what's going to happen, and then it changes gears. I got one called Just Ask Me that reminded me, and a couple of other <laughs> mates that texted me said, mate, that was like a jam run, that one. When Molly Bloom flew down the outside, how exciting was it, mate, when you thought, Actually, we're a chancy, and it just gets across the line there. What was it, half a length, three quarters of length at one boy? Yeah, I, I mean, there's not many feelings like it, is there? I, um, I, I was say the, the boys were the same. We woke up in the morning, we were we were nervous, like it was um, like it was our own game day, and you've got no control of what's happening out there. And then um, when you see everything kind of come together, and and it does that down the home stretch, it's um, it, it's something very very special. And and like I said, we're unfortunately paying for it today. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, there is oil and there is oil. Uh, talk about being on the inside. Uh, what else have you got for us, mate? Anything you can steer us into this week? No, I mean, I'm still trying to recover here. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll uh, have, a, have a good chat to the soon-to-be father-in-law and, and figure out, I guess, what the next plans are with um, with Molly moving forward. And, and I, I've, uh, the, the WhatsApp's been blowing up with, with the syndicate of wanting to get down to the track. So I think um, whatever it's going to be is going to be a... A lot of lads there that are keen to see it repeat the same, same feat. Hey, what's 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 Molly Bloom got uh, coming up? Do, do uh, Andrew and and Lance are they going to send it to Aussie, or are you just going to put is that it put it out? Was that its target for the year? No, look, I think I think um, when I was down at the track, I heard a bit of uh, the crack a million being thrown around, so I think it'd be pretty awesome. Um, um, and then, yeah, obviously, to, you know, to get it over to Oz would be would be ideal. Mm. Um, like I said, we we put all our faith in in kind of what they decide to do. I don't think um, we we have much. So, like I said, we that was our first kind of race we've been to. So I'm not going to be sitting Lance down and telling him what to do with with his horses. So it'll be um, it'll be more them telling us what what we're going to do with it. But um, yeah, like I said, mate, we're just bloody thrilled to be down there and, and really excited for when Allersley opens because we're all Auckland based. So. It's, um, yeah, pretty exciting times ahead, I think. Yeah, look, I'll tell you, a lot of our listeners were happy too, mate, because the punters club at the time, they were in a little bit of a hole and uh, they had plenty riding on Molly Bloom to get him out. Clado, what a, what a pick. 
uh, getting that pick out there of Molly Bloom, getting it up for the Punters Club because it took it back up and got them a, I think it was about a 20% return uh, on their money, which is always good when you're giving that money out. Um, mate, thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Tom. It's It's been a pleasure talking to you. Mate, go well. I can't, can't wait to, 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 to see you on course and uh, let's hope that Molly Bloom eh, can get in that crack of millions and, and go about winning that too because, mate, what a, what a fantastic one that is. That's, that will fill your pockets. Yeah, well, let's hope so. And then next time we can join at the Irish pub together, eh? And you can be in the same pain as I am. <laughs> <laughs> mate, how good. How good. All right, Tom, go well, brother. Have a great day. And uh, yeah. Awesome, yeah, yeah, rehydrate, my friend. Rehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Take care, mate. Cheers. Yeah, you too. You too. Yeah, Tom Doyle there with us, uh, a part owner or part of the syndicate ownership of uh, of Molly Bloom, who, who went bang. Uh, one you saw coming, Kimpy? I mean, is, is this a horse that had been on your radar? Uh, Molly Bloom, yeah. Well, you know the the uh, the O'Sullivans and Caitlin uh, O'Sullivan talked about you know Tom being involved in the in the horsing industry and stuff like that. So you, it's always nice when you've got a face uh, to put to the horses there. And I tell you, the the other thing too, it's always good to see how they enjoy the races in the end. Well, Molly Bloom had to do it the the hard way. It came from the back uh, with a perfect run. You know, Opie sort of set up. Uh, uh, Star, of, I think it was Star of Justice there. It, it, when they went to let down those horses over the mile, the only one that looked like running on was Molly Bloom, and it came down the outside. So, uh, pretty pretty happy for all the punters club uh, that were watching that race because that would have been really exciting, uh, knowing that uh, that that was the bet that that basically got them back into the game and um, to have someone like Tom Doyle obviously great friends of the the um, the show we've got Caitlin with Love Racing uh, as well uh, a part of that uh, syndicate with Lance who's as you know arguably our best ever jockey um, and now one of the great trainers in New Zealand as well getting that that one over it's going to I'll, I'll tell you what the crack of millions it's going to be a great day if Ellerslie are definitely open for the crack of millions yeah. uh, I know that I drove past it last week. The course, the grass looks all right. We'll, we'll actually get um, Ellerslie back on to talk about that and how, how we're going um, with our Love Racing updates over the next couple of weeks. But if they can get that uh, back up and running over that Christmas period um, through the summer, I actually think that it, it's going to be sold out. I think with the way the, the racing game's going at the moment, our three-year-old um, stock, especially how well Imperatries has put us back on them, on the map back over overseas, I actually think that racing right now is on a on a very very good uh, level. Do you, do, you, do you put this down to um, Entain's involvement? Entain taking over the TAB and that injection that's come with Entain. I, I think that's part of it. I think the change of guard. You know, I think Bruce and the CEO is making some wonderful changes around the country. Uh, you know, just. Bringing the bringing the sport forward, but the, the biggest problem that racing has always had is about keeping people interested in the racing game and lifting the stakes. Because you know, you look at the races on the weekend, for instance. Group ones in in Australia are worth a million dollars. You know, we we have group ones over here that are worth two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. It's why all the best horses leave our shores because you can go and make so much more money over in Australia. Uh, but they're they're changing the game. Entain and and New Zealand Thoroughbred. They're uh, they're raising the stakes and the faces are changing. You know, look if you have a look at uh, you know the love ra- the love racing grand tour where you can go out. You know, you've got a, I don't know if you saw the the let's forget about the racing in Canterbury. 
and talk about after the racing. Like if you didn't see the socials about how many people were there enjoying the the, the after function of that great week down in Canterbury this week just gone, then mate, you you you're not really understanding where they're trying to take the racing game. They're trying to encourage a lot of young people to come along. And by having big concerts at the at the at the back end of it, getting, you know, big syndicates a lot along a a lot like um, Go Racing, like uh, the Tangerine Army, to, to in, increase people's opportunities to get in. Because you can buy a, as much as a, a, a 1% share in a horse just to be go along and be a part of that that horse's win. You know, and, and Tom's in a big group of people that own Molly Bloom. So it's about that experience. And I think what they're doing at the moment, and Entain will play a bigger part in this, I think, going forward. I think the racing game's in for um, a real shake-up over the next few, few years. Yeah, it's exciting times for racing because for a long time it was uh, you know hard to grow. I know having worked at the TAB for a while, yeah. sport was growing. Racing was staying still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good to see. Uh, now, you can grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near yours. Can be said, lots of big acts. Peking Ducks, Dave Dobbin, the Black Seeds, one hot ticket. The Grand Tour.nz. On your way shortly, we're going to catch up uh, on the cricket as well. We'll talk more of that final right now, though. Here is Aroha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, welcome to you and uh, welcome into the show. You're just joining us. It is four past seven on your Monday morning and you're on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is Tradies Hour with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Coming up on the show this hour, Baharat Sandarasan. He is uh, on ground in India at the final of the Cricket World Cup, or he was, I should say. He'll probably be back at the hotel by the time we talk to him, but uh, we'll be catching up with him shortly and uh, getting his take on the Cricket World Cup final. The Australians winning their sixth India. 11 in a row, they couldn't go one more, unfortunately, for them. Uh, we'll have a Choices flooring poll for you as well. And then Araha is going to jump out of the news booth and jump into the studio and join us for a chat on Formula One. Not just the race, but all the stuff leading up to the race. Driver's not happy. Verstappen saying he wasn't excited about There's it. some court case. So, yeah, there's already a class action lawsuit. Class action lawsuit. Against uh, Formula One from people that were there on the Friday. Man, a loose manhole cover delayed everything five and a half hours and they evacuated. They sent everybody home after eight minutes of practice. So, if you had a ticket for practice, you got eight minutes. And then you had to come back at two o'clock in the morning to four o'clock to watch yeah. practice. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, no. Nah. So that's where the lawsuits come from. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, and then not only that, but. So this manhole cover, we'll get into this more with Araha, but this manhole cover came up, it damaged Sergio Perez's car, mm. right, to the extent, it damaged the electronics and the gear shift and everything. So they had to change everything, obviously. That's not his fault or his team's fault. That is Formula One's fault, right? Yeah. They gave him a 10-place grid penalty because he was having to, you're only allowed to use X amount of parts, X amount of changes. And then they penalised them. And then they penalised them. <laughs> Like so, he got his car put back together, went back out, and qualified second. So he was stoked, like because what a job his team had done in turning that around, and then getting second, and then they put him back to twelfth. Mm. So we will talk to Araha about that as well. It's a bit of a schmozzle at the moment. Formula One, our Las Vegas is not going as uh, they would have liked. Uh, we do have who am I? Clue number two for you though as well. Hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here is clue number two. Currently, I'm based in England, 
and my professional career began 14 years ago. I'm currently based in England. My professional career began 14 years ago. Double eight, double three, if you know the answer, and you're in the draw to win that $100 Adidas golf voucher as well. All right, so there we go. Now, if you missed what happened in the cricket, the Aussies did win, and they won comfortably. Uh, India all out for 240 in the 50 overs. Mitch Stark took three for 55. Pat Cummins, two for 34. Josh Hazelwood, two for 60 off their 10. And then Travis Head, 137 off 120 balls. Really got the Aussies home. Manus Labashain, not out 58 as well. Did it comfortably, Kempe? Seven overs to spare, six wickets in hand? Too easy. Too easy. It was. It was too easy. You know, like... They would have thought they had a chance, the Indians too, when they took those three early wickets, but then they just come in. I'm just thinking about as you're talking, you know, like the Australians' attitude to winning is like, mate, second to none. You know, they go in, India, India as we as we heard on Friday, unbackable at the TAB, and uh, the Australians come on and put a performance like that in a final after India winning 10 in a row. It's, it's, on a, they'll, be talking, they'll be talking about this for a long time. Yeah, I think they will be. And, and, you know, you mentioned it earlier, how much of that is on Glenn Maxwell's 201 not out against Afghanistan? Well, he was, they were gone. They were in a hole. They were, what, 70-something for six? They yep. were in a massive hole. And he's just... And if you go back and watch that footage of Glenn Maxwell and the way that he was batting, he was just throwing his bat around. There was no form. It was like, oh, that ball's coming down. I'm going to just swing and, and, you know, it was like I'm going to swing the bat and hope that I hit the ball type thing. And, of course, he went out there and put on 200-plus runs and... Uh, and got the Australians through to that final series. So once they got, once they got there, it's, I think the Australian mentality is just fantastic when it comes to winning. Yeah, they uh, they they got themselves home. And yeah, like you said, Maxwell. Thing with Afghanistan, I think if that's any other team that's been you know sort of got tournament experience, that doesn't happen. No. Because they bowl to him. Yeah. Whereas if the guy who's cramping like that, you don't bowl to him. You bowl. You make him move. Make him uncomfortable. And, and make him uncomfortable. And they didn't do it. They just kept bowling into his arc, mm. um, which uh, yeah, which certainly played into it. But yeah, take nothing away from Glenn Maxwell. Two hundred and one not out uh, was a real turning point in this tournament for that Australian team. It is nine past seven here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It is 14 past seven here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 0800 150 811 or 8833 is how you can get hold of us. What did you think of that big Aussie win this morning? Uh, let us know. Uh, that was very convincing in the end. It was certainly a lot more convincing than we thought it was going to be. It is Trading's Hour with Night and Day, so make sure you warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Uh, Paul has texted through saying, I missed clue one due to milking the cows and not wanting to leave uh, the paddock in the rain, but my pick this morning is Nick Evans from Paul and Harwater. Well, I can tell you, Paul, it is not Nick Evans, and I will, seeing you missed it, uh, give you clue number one. Here's clue number one for you, Paul. I'm a New Zealander, but barely ever played sport in New Zealand. So that is clue number one. Clue number two is currently I'm based in England. My professional career began 14 years ago. All right, Paul, so hopefully that helps you. You can have a second stab at that, mate, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and still get Still playing? Still playing, yes, still playing, very much still playing. There you playing. go. There you go. So uh, that's, uh, that does rule Nick Evans out. Uh, there have been a few correct guesses, a few not-so-correct guesses. Andrew uh, has texted through, you've got half the name right, mate. 
but I think you're thinking of two different people. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> say, I'll say that much. I'll say that much. I think you're thinking of two different people. Uh, we're just uh, waiting on uh, Baharat uh, Sundarasan to come through, but uh, he's not picking up at the moment. He might, uh, uh, he might be enjoying a, a couple of quiets. We'll have to see if we can get him on. Should we do two truths, one lie again? Robbie, what do you think? Or are you, just, are you still busy working? Yeah, okay, two truths, one lie. Let's do this again. We'll give you a second stab if you missed it the first time around. Okay, so how this works is that the three of us, Robbie, myself and Kempe, will each make a statement. Two of them are true, one of them is a lie. You have to guess which is the lie and text us through, double eight, double three. You can win a Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale pack. Uh, that's what we're doing, we're celebrating the uh, Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale. 15 balanced protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. I will go first. Back in the mid-90s, when I was living in Tauranga, uh, I was playing resis for Mount Monganui Football Club. Got roped into playing some uh, games for the top team because they were a bit short scored a hat-trick against Waitakere at Fred Taylor Park. Kempe, what's yours? Yep, uh, I got asked to do something for my uncle, um, do a bit of rally driving with his car with him next to me, and uh, I rode it off. I was only 12 years old. Robbie? Once got petrol in my eye. There you go. <laughs> Once got petrol in his eye. Sounds like it burns. Uh, let us know what you think. Double You're eight, the calmest double bloke I know, Rob. Seriously. <laughs> That's... That's not good. <laughs> Calmest bloke he knows. Yeah, so double eight, double three, and a uh, Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale pack of uh, Balanced Protein prize pack at over hundred value over hundred and fifty dollars could be yours. Double eight, double three, thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. Keep your texts rolling through on that one. And uh, yeah, Kempi, it doesn't look like uh, Barat's uh, picking up at the moment. I'll just flick him a message now. But uh, you t- we talk about. You know the mentality and the and the mental strength, and I, I questioned it. You know, I, I may be hoping that the Black Caps can get over when India had gone nine and uh, nine wins in a row in the group stages. I remember saying to people, "It's like, well, yeah, but now the pressure's on. All the pressure's on them. The pressure's not on the Black Caps. Could the pressure tell? It didn't tell at the semi final. You reckon?" It was the pressure that told in the final, or do you think it was just a great Aussie performance? Well, you, I think that I think the backing of the of the Australians against the Indians was, you know, not really. People sort of forget how good they are when they get to the final. The Australians, especially in cricket, you know, like that that having played over there and lived there for a number of years, uh, you got no chance but to follow Australian cricket, and it's massive in Australia. So. They would have the weight of a nation on their shoulders going into a final and know that they'd have to play at their best. And that's what that's what happens when you get to finals. Some of the greatest upsets, 2008, the, the Rugby League World Cup, you know, greatest Australian team ever to play got beaten by the Kiwis. You know, once you get into that final, she's a, she's a 50-50 yeah, it's a at bit, that level. It's a bit like anything can happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it feels like maybe there was a little bit of that. I did see that the um, Virat Kohli did get the player of the tournament. Which, given that he had scored, I think if you include the final, he would scored something like seven hundred and sixty-five yeah, he got over, runs. He got over six hundred, got seven hundred runs, and I think at a tournament that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, but you trade all those in to win the final, you know. Like you, you may have a great tournament, but when you get all that way to the final and you don't perform in the final and get the you know, um, very Coley, what his legacy 
should have been was hitting another 100 runs in a final and taking it in his home country. So I reckon he'd give any award back to go back out there and have that shot again. Yeah, you're right, he would. And the thing with Indian cricket, I mean, you know, you take it back not that long ago, the World Test Championship, the first one, New Zealand played India in the final. And we beat them. They seem to choke when it comes to the to the big games. And, but pe- and you got to remember, people said that when the when the Kiwis played them, when the Black Caps played them, mm. um, that you know we had every chance of, of turning the Indians over. Unfortunately, we couldn't. They had to wait another week, and Australia went out there and did what we thought we could do. You know, so um, am I surprised? No, not really. You know, when I when I woke up this morning and, and checked the score to see that Australia were chasing down two forty, uh, I was like, mate, it's. You know, not enough, not enough against the Australians. I was surprised that they put them into bat first. Mm. You know, when when uh, when it, it looked like in in the in the World Cup that the the Indian side in batting first and chasing was the hardest thing to do. Yeah, I to be honest, I was when I saw that the um, when the, when the toss had been won by Australia and they put India into bat, that did surprise me. I thought the Aussies would have batted and then tried to put the pressure on, but that wasn't the way it happened. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when you're you're getting in there and you're in the heat of it, see, it must be quite intimidating when you think about it. It looked hot. You know, when you're watching the replays, it looked really, really hot. But when you think of the context of it, how many Australians would have been sitting in the grandstand? Not many, mate. It was a sea of blue. So, grandstand. and yet when you're building that siege mentality, like they're they're under siege, the Australians, they go out there into the cauldron in India, and then they've got to come out with a, a win in the back end of it and do it that emphatically with the, with just the people around them um, to get them motivated to do that. I just think that's a sign of of a of a cricket a cricket team and a great cricket team with some really good leadership to get them up against an Indian side 10 in a row that went in there is like unbackable favourites unbackable indeed they were unbackable but uh, tell you what if you were on Australia if you were on Australia uh, then you'll be laughing right about now. A man who was uh, being a big part of this tournament as part of the SEN and SENZ coverage is Baharat Sundarasan. He joins us now. Baharat, you just about recovered, mate? Yeah, I reckon he has. <laughs> just about, just about recovered. Uh, so we might have to try him again. Uh, might, might have to try him again. But I was just looking... He needs a Kogan mobile. Get, how many? There, there are 13... Uh, there have been 13 Cricket World Cups. How many do you reckon India have won? Oh, okay. Well, Australia won six. Australia have won now. Have now won six. Yeah, have now won six. I'd say that they have won eight. No, two. They've oh. only ever won two. They won go. in 2000. Maybe they are the proverbial chokers. 1983 and 2011, so long time between drinks. I think we've got Bada up there. Now, uh, morning or evening to you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well, mate. <laughs> I, just, I just walked uh, uh, across the ground, the, the mighty Narendra Modi Stadium, uh, past all the tinsel, uh, posed for a picture uh, in front of the champion sign. I uh, know we were just having a chat with Travis Head, uh, the hero of the night. Um, and it's, it's, it's eerie being here. The lights are just about coming off. Um, and the World Cup is over. And who would have thought it would be Australia in the end, right? When they made that beginning of uh, losing the first two games, to come from there to here and to thrash the mighty India uh, has been quite, quite, quite the journey. Barrett, who would have thought Australia up, up against um, it in, 
and getting to the semi-finals, not the final, and and that mm. great that great um, bat at the crease of Glenn Maxwell. The time, how how important was that? How important in the context of Australia winning it was Glenn Maxwell's two hundred. I, I, I'll put it this way. I mean, it would have been outstanding if Travis Head had finished off uh, the game today by hitting a six and you know winning Australia the World Cup. But in a, in a, in, a, in a cute way, in a, in, a, in, a, in an apt way. Uh, I, I was great that Glenn Maxwell had to walk out and hit the winning runs because it was that innings, that 201, uh, arguably the most wonderful one-day knock ever played. Uh, when Australia won, were under a lot of pressure is what maybe put them in a position to you know, be where they are right now today um, uh, you know, as World Cup champions. So uh, now, I mean, that was uh, so, so important. And, uh, you know, and what, what a knock as well. I mean... Uh, it's it's we've had some great moments, some special memories we'll take for, forward from this World Cup, uh, but that will always be right on top. What about the pressure, Bharat? You know, because we were talking about it from a New Zealand point of view, going well. You know, India have won nine on a, mm. in a row. The pressure is on them. There's nobody's looking at the Black Hats. Pressure's on them. Didn't seem like they felt the pressure in the semi-final. Do you think it was pressure got to them in the final, or Australia just that good? Uh, no, Australia were just that good, but um, I guess the pitch didn't help. Uh, it was drier than what we would expect for a World Cup final. And, and India had played uh, their other 10 games on slightly truer pitches. Yes, mm. they did take a bit of turn here and there, but um, I thought um, their, their batters kind of just, just uh, struggled to come to grips with the pace of the pitch or lack thereof. Um, and once they lost Shreyas Iyer in particular, uh, after Rohit Sharma had given them the fiery start, uh, they had to consolidate. And for once... Uh, you know, after having played such remarkable cricket, that one weakness that they had of uh, a longish tail and and a lower order which hadn't batted uh, at all, like Ravindra Jadeja had had only a handful of innings before tonight. I think that came uh, to the fore and that got exposed, unfortunately, on the on the biggest night of the tournament. Yeah, that, that, that's certainly what it looked like. I mean, I, I looked the th- the thing that really stood out to me, Bharat, when I looked through uh, the the batting card uh, for India. That 240 mm. that they scored was how many caught behinds there they were. You know, I think there was, yeah. there was five of them. And, and that that's the pitch, you think? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, you know, I thought Australia was sensational with the ball. Um, the way Pat Cummins led his side today, uh, the subtle bowling changes, he uh, made a lot of changes, uh, you know, one over spells, two over spells uh, to, to his bowlers. And... Uh, uh, I, I guess they just read the read the pitch better than India did. Uh, you know, they changed their pace a lot. Uh, they bowled a lot of cutters. Uh, even in the end, when Surya Kumar Yadav, such a dangerous batter, 360-degree batter as well, was out there, uh, Josh Hazelwood kept bowling him uh, slower bouncers, which he just could not get under. Uh, and I think the, Australia just deserved to win this tournament based on purely how they how well they bowled today. Uh, and then, of course, then Travis Head did uh, did that. I mean, you know, we speak about how special Glenn Maxwell's innings was. Uh, don't leave Travis Head behind. In a World Cup final in front of 120,000 Indians who are staying silent every time you hit a boundary, to do what he did, it's uh, one of the greatest knocks. In, uh, in, in one of the most special World Cup final knocks. And in my opinion, right up there with Ricky Ponting's uh, 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 breathtaking knock in the 2003 final against India. How disappointing are India, do you think, uh, going 10 on the trot and then in front of their home crowd not being able to secure the, the main game? Oh, no, they're heartbroken. Uh, like, uh, you have to feel for them. Uh, I've known Rohit Sharma a long time and to see him um, 
for once lose his smile on a cricket field uh, it was pretty uh, you know uh, it, it, it was a sad moment uh, and he was there stood at mid on uh, shoulder slagging and then you you saw as soon as the match finished uh, mohammed siraj and kl rahul were in tears and, and rohit just you know finished the customary handshakes with the australian players and just like walked up the steps to the dressing room and i'm sure um, he would have let some emotions out uh, uh, once he'd gone up there as well. This was supposed to be the crowning moment of uh, this mighty Indian team who played such um, outstanding cricket for um, seven weeks. Uh, but it wasn't to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a lot of heartbreak around India. I mean, the postmortems will begin tomorrow, even though India have lost just one game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost a feast, a real feeling of what next. You know, this was supposed to be that big high that the that 1.4 billion people were supposed to experience, but that wasn't to be. Where does Indian cricket go now? Do you think, uh, given that you know, I mean, Sharma's 36, I think Jadeja's 34, mm. 35, Kohli's 35. I mean, is a big part of this team that aren't going to be there very much longer. Uh, yeah, good point, and um, you know, which is why, again, for a lot of them, this was the last uh, hurrah in a 50-over World Cup. Anyway, mm. uh, you mentioned Rohit, Jadeja, Virat, Mohammad Shami. Um, and, and a few others. Yes, I mean, there are bright sparks for the future. Shubman Gill and Shreya Sayar still in his 20s. Uh, Jasprit Bumrah will remain a superstar for many years to come. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to not uh, be able to win a World Cup at home, they'll never uh, get that opportunity again. Uh, so it is a bit, a bit sad. And again, Rohit Sharma missed out on the 2011 World Cup, wasn't picked. Uh, uh, he captains his side so well, batted so well tonight. Um, I guess, you know, the T20 World Cup uh, is just seven or eight months away from here. Uh, they'll have some test matches. But yeah, I mean, this will, I'm sure uh, uh, this night will make all those guys start thinking about their future as to what they want to do with it and how long they want to stay in international cricket. There was a, t- a tweet that Michael Vaughan put out, Bharat, uh, hmm. just after the game saying, didn't like not seeing the Indian side stay out on the pitch to see the Aussies lift the trophy. What was your reaction to that, if you had one? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not too surprised. Like like we spoke about the disappointment uh, for the Indian team. And uh, and these presentation ceremonies do go on for a while, don't forget. Like So, uh, yeah, I mean, it would have been great uh, uh, for them to be there when the Australia lifted the trophy. But I don't know if other teams do that as well. I, I remember New Zealand doing it when uh, uh, England lifted the trophy at Lords uh, four years ago. I was there, but... Um, yeah, I guess it's just one of those things, but also kind of puts into perspective uh, uh, just how gutted uh, this Indian side was. Uh, and it is different. I mean, it's culturally and emotionally a different, different, different uh, uh, part of the world. And I guess that had a lot to do with it. Barrett, surprise, um, surprise of the tournament. One player that surprised you? Oh, I guess it has to be Rachin Ravindra. I mean, he came from nowhere in that sense. Uh, uh, he wasn't in anybody's top 50 picks to uh, make a make a name for himself or become a star. Uh, but just, uh, I mean, his performances, the consistency, and the fact that all his runs came against the big teams, uh, you know, in crunch games, uh, kind of tells you uh, how he's gone from uh, being a relative outsider uh, to a superstar. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, and uh, what, a, what a better place to do it than in India, not just because it's his, uh, ancestral home, but also because um, India is where he can make a name for himself and become a sensation overnight. Uh, no, I mean, for him, for me, he, he was a standout. 
Tell you what, there's a, there's, there's going to be a few zeros on that IPL contract for him. Uh, don't you worry about that. Well, oh, I, yes. look, I look forward <laughs> to seeing that auction. But uh, thank you very much for coming on, mate. I know you've had a, a massive day. You've been talking cricket uh, for uh, for eons, it must uh, seem like to you. So we'll let you slip off and, and grab a cup of tea and put your feet up, eh, mate? Really appreciate your time. Uh, no, a cup of tea is right. I'm in a dry state, so no beer for me tonight. Cheers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, mate. Go well. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. Thank you, Araha. She'll be in with us shortly actually to talk some F1. It is uh, 26 away from 8 o'clock. Kenna Tire makes your job easy. Kenatire.co.nz. Let's uh, get to some sports news headlines. And Nikolai Hoygaard produced a sensational back nine birdie run to hold off Ryder Cup teammates Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland and claim a dramatic victory at the season-ending DP World Tour Championship. Hoygaard overturned a three-stroke deficit during a thrilling final round where he fired five consecutive birdies from the 13th to the 18th to card an 8-under 64 and set the clubhouse target at 21-under. The birdie burst pulled the 22-year-old ahead of Hovland, Fleawood and overnight leader Matt Wallace, who all required a final hole eagle to match the Danes' total and force a playoff. Yeah, well done to him. What a round that is. Five Kiwis from the record test win over Australia have been nominated for the Rugby uh, World Rugby League Player of the Year Award. And Kiwi Ferns co-captain Racine McGregor has a shot at a second consecutive prize as well. Kiwis captain James Fisher-Harris has joined... Uh, on the Golden Boot Longlist by Jerome Hughes, uh, Ronaldo Mulitalo, Joey Tarpany and Chance Nicol Clockstead. The quintet were key performers in the 30-0 win over the Kangaroos in the Pacific Championship final. They're, adding, uh, they're bidding to make it a Kiwi three-peat for the prestigious award as well. The last two winners were Kiwis as well, and Joey Manu and Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Of course, there was a gap between 2019 and 2022 because of COVID. And McGregor, the Kiwi Ferns playmaker, was the women's golden boot winner in 2022, the third time the prize had been awarded. And Max uh, Verstappen overcame a collision and a penalty to win a chaotic race with Formula One's return to Las Vegas. Pole setter Charles Leclerc denied uh, Red Bull 1-2. He overtook Sergio Perez on the final lap. He had his chances of winning, but that was ruined by a safety car late in the race. The win takes Verstappen to 18 wins for the season, extending his own record. And the injury hit breakers have lost 69-65 to bottom NBL side. The Illawarra Hawks in a low-scoring match at Spark Arena. Both teams sit foot of the table with three and seven records. The breakers only having won once in four home games this season. Modi Mayor bemoaned his team's offence post-match. Just saw them shoot 22 from 67 from the field, which uh, I don't need, no matter how much you know about basketball, you know that that ain't good enough. Can Kennard's hire change your life? No, but can they make your job easy? Kenoth, Kennard's hire, kennards.co.nz. And time for our Choices Flooring Poll as well. You can vote on this by heading to the SENZ app. Find Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and the poll will be right there. Sale on now for family friendly carpet and hard flooring. Your win of the weekend. What have you got? Australia in the Cricket World Cup. That had hurt. Molly Bloom, France 14 0 over Gibraltar, or Novak Djokovic winning the ATP World Tour Finals. That's where you can vote, and we'll have those results for you in around an hour's time. Discover the perfect blend of style and function to elevate your home at choicesflooring.com during a family friendly sale. It is 7 37 when we come back. Araha joins us. We're going to talk some F1.
It's 18 away from 8 o'clock. It's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Night and Day's got the right tools to brop a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. Uh, it's not often that we have her in the studio. Normally you just hear her reading news. But Araha joins us uh, because you are an F1 tragic, Araha. And, um, Leave Brittany alone. What? Nothing. Okay. You've got to come on. You've got to get in with the millennials. That's a meme. Is Leave it? Brittany. Never mind. Continue. Okay. All right. She was probably at Las Vegas. Probably. Well, it seems like everybody was, but it... Blew her like, own potholes. Yeah, they, they, there were lots of problems before the race even got underway, <laughs> right? And it hasn't been a great return to Vegas. Uh, oh. Starting with Max Verstappen saying, well, I don't care, it's just a show, it's about 1% sport, 99% spectacle. Yeah, but that's part of the spectacle too then, isn't it? As soon as you say that, now you're part of the spectacle again. I love that. I love that about him. I love that about Lewis. I loved that about Seb. I loved that about Kimmy. They were always... I think once you've won a world championship, you really are entitled to have a voice. I don't think Lewis would have been able to come out when there was COVID and say money talks when they decided to go ahead with the Australian Grand Prix when eventually it would get shut down. There is no colourful like characters, is there, that sort of put themselves out there um, in fear of probably no, that's getting changing. themselves kicked out of there? It's changing. Uh, I mean, Lewis is always putting himself out there. He's like the most out there to the point where he's so out there you can't criticise him for because that you can't do that in 2023. He's a black guy. Mm. I can say that. I'm brown. So, <laughs> you know, it's like we know. We, we, we get it. We, it's really hard to say, well, that black guy's in the position of power because all the black people turn around and say there is no such thing mm. as being privileged and black. So... That to the politics and stuff to the side, it, I think it's becoming more open. F1 is such a great show because people do say dumb things, like the time Kimi Raikkonen was on the toilet during the ceremony and they said to him live on television, Kimi, where were you? And he was like, I was taking a yeah. dump, but he didn't use that word. And it went out live on TV. That's great. That's part of why F1 has become so popular with a Netflix generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where they're going, but I mean, having watched that opening ceremony, you you, you logged me on and showed me. Talk about taking a dump on the strip. That's what that looked like, didn't it? So I watched that. I'm, I'm a giant child. I think I'm a giant teenage boy. That's what I am and I always will be. A giant teenage boy. I'm my father, a white man. And I watched it and I, this is Hunger Games. It felt like it was Hunger Games, the yeah. opening ceremony. <laughs> it looked, that's what it looked like. It looked like Hunger Games, right? When you go and watch that scene when they bring back the tributes who have already won and it's like the grand championship and it's like, there they are standing on these podiums. I was like, which one of you is going to die first? It's a circus day, Vegas, isn't it? Yeah. But it was like, which one of you is going to die first? And eight minutes into the free practice section, it was nearly Carlos Sainz. Mm. So the, I don't know if you watched any of it, Kempe, but in free practice one. So they have the normal outline of a weekend as you go. Have free practice one and free practice two. Then the next day, free practice three, qualifying, and then the race on a Sunday. It was all mixed up. It was like the race was starting at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday in Las Vegas instead of a Sunday. Everyone's just and getting out of bed then. In free practice one, they eight minutes into the very first session, everyone's just turned up. They're there for a party. They've dropped their ease on the strip and they're in the stands and eight minutes in, the whole <laughs> thing's closed down because Carlos Sainz drove over a part of the road where uh, basically a little manhole cover came loose and it could have caused some significant injury. It blasted up through the bottom yeah. of the Ferrari 
and blew out the electricals, and I don't know for how much damage it did to the chassis. He got a 10-place grid penalty for that, for basically nearly being the first tribute shot down prematurely in the Hunger Games. <laughs> and and that, that is a problem too, because that wasn't a Ferrari problem, and it wasn't a his, him problem driving badly. It was a Formula One problem. So why is he getting penalised? Because it's happened before. You know, drain covers have come off before. It doesn't mean that it's right. Um, I remember watching that. Was it Danny Ricardo? And the drain cover came flying off. And, like, it could have killed someone in the crowd if the Mm. nets and stuff. So it's not like it hasn't happened before. The problem is there was no mechanism in the rules by which Formula One could say, we can give you dispensation for that. We can. There There was nothing written. So I think what the drivers are saying is it's time we learned a lesson from this, and it was a mass... I don't know that anyone had suffered as big a penalty as Carlos for the same sort of issue, mm. but there was, there was nothing in the rules that you could do about it, which is so weird, right, because they didn't follow the rules when Lewis lost to Max Verstappen the first time Max won his first championship. What, what a show, right? Like five, I read somewhere $500 million just to set it up. I would say more. And, and they're blowing out the and well, that's what they said. And they said the budget was five hundred million, but they've gone way over it mm. for what two days in Vegas? Three. Come on, Kempe. Three. Yeah. They were still practicing. Just nobody was in the stands. Well, how much? How much more could it potentially cost them with this lawsuit? Tell us about the lawsuit, Araha. So I need to go on because I am not a lawyer, even though I have been to no. law school. Okay. And I don't know American law, but, you know, we don't have these types of cases in New Zealand where you can just go sue people for running over your left front toe while you're protesting. Different sorts of laws, civil cases, etc. Anyway, people were basically kicked out of the stands Mm -hmm. after eight minutes and couldn't stay to watch FP2 because they just didn't have the infrastructure. FP2 didn't finish until like three, four o'clock in the morning. I can't remember it. Everyone was delirious. But basically all of those people who paid, you've got to remember the tickets for the Vegas race were probably the most expensive outside, somewhere like Abu mm. Dhabi in Singapore. I know this because I've been trying to get tickets to all of these events for years. But Las Vegas was one of the most expensive and, you know, you pay $6,000 to get in. You get, you get eight minutes and your favourite driver's just about shot through the head by a pothole, manhole cover. Well, I think I've found your ticket. I think oh. I found your ticket. I just got a text to here. Does it involve he's, arranged he's, marriage? <laughs> well, hang on. It's coming. It's coming. So it's I'm gone. Morning all. Is Aroha married? Oh, my God. Happy to buy her tickets to Abu Dhabi and have a chat. F1. This is from Irish John. Well, hang on. You changed my mind once you said Irish. I stopped laughing. <laughs> it's like, oh, Mary's like the Irishman's men. Um, um, so... But the lawsuit, right? So we, we've got this lawsuit now. So F1 turned around and said to these people that had eight minutes of, of practice one, here's a $200 voucher to, to go boys. spend in the, golf, in, in, in the, in the gift shop. Um, in the casino. Yeah, so that didn't go <laughs> yeah. down particularly well. What, what do you think, uh, in terms of what you've read, they could be in the hole for here, F1, or do you think they will settle out of court? I've never seen any situation that F1 has ever... That doesn't mean it hasn't happened, so please... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not the only F1 head out there. There are bigger heads than mine and bigger brains who actually work in the industry too, so they have to be across it. But I would say that F1 should come to the party and look after the fans first. Mm. That would be what is, in terms of what's commercially commonsensical for an enterprise like that, you want to come out looking like the good guy. Um, remember in Spa, when no one, when there was no racing, 
and it was torrential downpour. And I think George Russell got some weird finishing position just because they did a, a lap in the torrential rain just to say that the race had happened mm. and that kept all the insurances and the legals taken care of. You know, Lewis came out then saying everybody should be refunded their ticket. Every single person here should be refunded their ticket. So, you know, the things that Max says about Vegas, it's mm. not a new thing to come out and hit hard at something that you don't agree with. And I think as a PR campaign, they should just be looking after their, their fans, mm. but you would be bankrupt. Yeah, well, it's I haven't ever seen F1 taken to task and held to task and then being forced to pay out hundreds of millions of dollars. What? Have you watched Succession? Have you mm. have you watched Blacklist? You know, that just doesn't happen. If there's one place, though, that they might get, it's the States because they don't have the weight and the gravity maybe in the US against that legal system that they've got, say, in Europe. I would say that the, the machine is a European machine and yeah. it thinks that it's superior to anything that America can put on. I think that's why Max doesn't like it, is, you yeah. know, it takes away from... And I'm sorry because I love Max. This season, I've loved Max. I've I've fallen in love with his the way that he addri- he's funny, he's um, gracious, he's clever, and he's so young. And he reminds me of Lewis when how, Lewis how, was on his climb. How long does he ca- carry on, Max Verstappen? Eighteen wins this year. Mm-hmm. So is he same record as Seb? I think. Yeah, but does he does he continue to to race cars? Has he you know got enough money now that he can retire? Max has always hinted that he has other things going on. I wouldn't. I would hate to try and guess what a Max Verstappen mm. will really do. But my watching his interviews, he has said that you know there are other things that he wants to do with his life. But then is that just the rhetoric because he doesn't want to say that he wants to beat Lewis's seven-time world champions championships? Mm. So you you know I think he's he's the kind of kid who. I still call him a kid. Watching the, so I don't know if you watched the end of the race. They chucked the three drivers in the back of this Rolls Royce. It was Hunger Games as they're in this Rolls Royce driving to the podium, and it's, it's just them. So instead of the cool down room, they're in there and it's mic'd up, and they're all just yarning about the race. And they're like, "Where are we? Where are we supposed to sit? How is it? It's all on camera. It's all live. It's all being broadcast, and they're just it's yarning." Vegas. And they've started calling that cool down room talk. Um, the Max Verstappen podcast, because he's always in there. He's the only one who's always in there. And it, you just go, well, he might just do this forever. Yeah, Because he is 12. Yeah, yeah, he's 26, I just checked. 12. They're okay. all 12. They're all Lando's 12. 12. They're all 12. The only one who's not 12 is Fernando Alonso, and like he... He's 50. If it was Hunger Games, he would have won. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, Araha, thank you very much for coming in and, and, and educating us. I didn't really answer your, your lawsuit question, no, basically because I just don't think anyone stands a chance against a machine no. like F1. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, we'll have to see how that rolls uh, out in the near future. It is seven away from eight here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It's Tradies Hour here. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. We're a couple of minutes away from... 8 o'clock and a few texts that have rolled through as well. Morning, lads. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. What on earth happened to the Indian cricket team? Letting the Aussies do that to you in your own backyard. Few questions to be answered, methinks. Have a great day. That's from Steve-O. Lots lots to be answered there, Rick. Yeah, I think we'll find out more tomorrow. Yeah, yes. I, think, I think, you know, um, Baharat sort of said that, didn't he? Yeah. You know, when, the, uh, when they go get... Th- Mate, it must be tough. It must be tough, the Indians in front of their home crowd having to walk off there. And then, you know, right, now here comes the, 
the the judge, the jury, all all starting to say, well, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Well, you can't you can't take too much out of them, mate. They won ten games in a row. They just lost no, the eleventh. You know, did. well, they lost the main one. They lost the big one. They lost the big dance. Uh, morning boys got up and watched Australia bat. Absolutely brilliant. Travis Head mentally tough. Class act. Watch him bat. He's textbook. He watches the ball out of the hand, and the footwork is first class. A pleasure to watch him. That is from Kevin and Tarangi. Yeah, if you if you miss that, Travis Head really led Australia home. He opened the batting, scored 137 of 120 balls, got out two runs short of victory. Uh, it was a World Cup winning performance from Travis Head. We're going to talk basketball with Justin Nelson, catch up with Paul Mawadi, and give away a bunch of prizes shortly as well. Here's Aroha with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Good morning, it is four past eight. Welcome into Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Ricardo with you. Izzy, back in about a week or so, Kempe, and... Uh, a big hour ahead of us, Justin Nelson, to talk the breakers, talk uh, the New Zealand NBL, introducing a trade window as well, which I think is a first for New Zealand sport. We'll talk to him about that. We will give away that Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale pack uh, with Balance and the Chemist Warehouse as well with two truths and a lie. We will uh, give away as well the Who Am I prize. And I reckon this clue, if you haven't got it yet, this clue should get you home. All right, so this is for a $100 Adidas golf voucher. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Who am I? Clue number three. I was handed a surprise call up in 2009. I came on as a substitute to become just the fifth New Zealander to play in the Premier League. Okay, so when I was handed a surprise call up in 2009, I came on as a substitute and became just the fifth New Zealander to play the Premier League. Who am I? Double eight, double three is the number. So get your entry through and we'll announce the winner for that $100 Adidas golf voucher around 8.30. Joining us now, though, to talk basketball is Justin Nelson, former GM of the Sales NBL, now running basketball at Sky. G'day, Justin. How you doing? Hey, very good morning. How are you guys? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, and uh, got to ask you, the Breakers are not going great, obviously, up against Illawarra, bottom of the table last night, at home, couldn't score to save themselves, lose 69-65 in a very low-scoring game, mate. Offences uh, through the floor. What's what's going wrong? It was an ugly game, wasn't it? It was uh, probably one of the uglier games I've seen in quite some time. As you said, ball wasn't dropping, Illawarra were coming off a tumultuous week and we we just so often see this in sport. Coach gets the flick, interim coach comes in and then all of a sudden, bang, that next win comes in the very next game. And uh, it, it's, such a, it's such a thing in sport. It just happens all the time. Illawarra came over, they gritted their teeth and they, uh, they nutted out. Just a fantastic win for that organisation. Yeah, you'd, th- you'd think that they would have picked that one up, wouldn't you, Justin? They've, uh, I guess... The part of price of the trip to America and a few injuries? Oh, definitely. You know, everyone talks about these uh, NBA games, and they are. They're big. They're huge. It's fantastic to be involved in, but it definitely came at the, the wrong time. Upset uh, the preseason, or their season had just begun, so certainly upset what they were doing. Uh, but the injuries are the concern for sure. I mean, they've now lost Will Dow White for a good six weeks, maybe more, depending on his rehab. Uh, to go with Cheatham as well, and uh, they're two very, very key players to be out of that lineup. What, what do you make? What do you make of the the depth? Because that's a 
It's always the way when you're in playing professional sport. You know, you see that with the the rugby, the rugby league. Um, if you're losing some key players, and it's all about your pathways and your depth. What do you, what do you see um, in our depth in our pathways? Have we got enough players coming through at that level? Well, there's 20 players who played in the Cells NBL in 2023 that are on ANBL rosters. So there's definitely depth in the country. It's about being able to secure it and. Of course, Kiwis in particular aren't restricted players in the Aussie NBL. So they're there and available for every team to pick up. And some of the best Kiwis are playing against the Breakers. I mean, Shea Illy, what a season mm. uh, he's having. You know, he continues just to be at the top of his game and Melbourne United are the team to beat. So you need to factor that in. But this is also a team that played, obviously, in the grand final series last year and turned over all three imports. So the transitional nature of the team from year to year probably hasn't been uh, something that's worked too well. They, they just just talk about that, because when you've got the competition producing 20-odd players for, the, for that competition, yet they're all deciding to go overseas, how do we stop that from happening? And, and saying that, what impact is this new trade window going to bring? Well, I don't know that you want to stop it, first of all, with the uh, Aussie NBL and even the Women's National Basketball League in Australia. There's nine players who played in the uh, the Pro League here in New Zealand this year in Toihi who are now playing in the WNBL. They play unrestricted in Australia, which means they're not classed as imports, whereas the other way coming back, if you're an Australian playing in the domestic leagues, the, the Sells NBL and the Toihi here in New Zealand, you are classed as a restricted player. And, of course, teams can only have so many restricted players. The reason why we don't want or wouldn't want the Australians to change that rule is because it provides mass opportunity for New Zealanders to play in that heightened competition or those two competitions. So at the moment, it's actually working in our favour to have that many Kiwis playing in those leagues. You just mentioned trade window, the... um, Sells NBL free agency starts today. So 11 teams, including the new team, the FI out of Tauranga, they're all vying for signatures. A minimum of 132 players will be signed over the next uh, uh, period of weeks and months, um, up to 200 players. But we've heard a bit of a whisper that the league will announce in the coming days that season 2024 will include, for the first time ever, I think in any pro sport in New Zealand, a mid-season trade window mm. where players can be traded from team to team. That's pretty damn exciting. It, it is. I, th- I, I think that's very um, innovative um, on, on the thinking about what can we do to make sure that players who aren't playing or even players that aren't happy at clubs can move through in their competition and continue to play elsewhere. Just just on that, uh, when, you, when you're talking about those type of players, if the Breakers were looking at, at bringing players into the team, because you talk about Modi Moore, who's just come out and he said, look, our offence wasn't played the right way for most of the game. What Would you be looking at more offensive ta- attacking players? Well, they brought Anthony Lamb in, didn't they? Yeah. Um, whilst they were over in the States, and he's been fantastic. I mean, he's, you know, one of their best players, if not their very best. He's, he's right up the top there with Parker Jackson Cartwright. So those two players are, are, are critical to the team. I wonder if a trade window would work in the Aussie NBL. Imagine, you know, you get midway through the season, you're at about that mark right now where you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know the injury concerns. Imagine if you could go out there and talk to another team and say, hey, this guy's not getting much of a run for you. 
how about we send his contract over to us? Uh, and that is going to be a talking point through the Cells NBL season next season, uh, next year. Uh, if they could do that in the ANBL right now, the breakers might actually be on the phone ringing around trying to pick up some players. See you what if you if you do that, you get Crown relocations on board as your sponsor, don't you? Because I mean, if if you if, if you're being <laughs> traded by uh, I don't know by the Franklin Bulls uh, to the Canterbury Rams, you, you're gonna you're gonna need somebody to pick up the bill. There's got to be someone out there that wants to jump on board and uh, and get some naming rights behind it. You're spot on. Hey, there's another little tweak that we think is going to be part of the announcement that is very unique uh, and could drive trades. We're hearing that, uh, obviously, in the sales NBL, there's a salary cap. We know that teams can only spend so much money. We're hearing part of the incentive to trade a player in from another team is your salary cap will actually get a boost mid-season so that's something very very different and as an incentive to a team to get out there and trade a player in so not trade a player out you've got to trade a player in you're going to get a boost to your salary cap very unique so that means you basically instead of carrying a 12-man roster you get to carry a 13-man roster and, and, and you don't have to pay everybody five grand less effectively well, what it does is it gives you choices mid-season. So last year, for instance, we saw Ty Webster sign late for the Nuggets. We saw Corey Webster sign late in the season for the Rams, and he went on and was an integral part of that championship-winning team for the Rams. So if you as a team can get an extra boost to your salary cap midway through the season, it gives you choices down the back end. Do I go out there and get a player in for a certain amount of games and help us win a championship? You know, do I use that money to uh, to pay the players a little bit more? In trading a player in, do I trade in a bigger contract knowing that I've got a little bit more money to spend now? So, again, very unique concept, and I think uh, it's going to be a talking point. What about, we've just had a text through from Brendan, actually, and the, this, this reminded me, because I was wondering when this was going to happen. We know that they're expanding the sales NBL, and we know that the Bay of Plenty team is in, but... There's also supposed to be a Queenstown team in, isn't there? When, when's that happening? Yes, yeah, spot on. So Queenstown have been given a provisional licence as team number 12, but it's on the proviso that their venue down there uh, is refurbished and brought up to the standard needed to play in the National League. And that's the hold-up at the moment. I believe the council down in Queenstown, has agreed to a refurbishment of the entertainment centre there, get it up to about 2,500, 3,000 seats, and they're just waiting for that work to be uh, to be done. So that's the hold-up at the moment on Queenstown, definitely included in the cells NBL. They have a provisional licence, just waiting for the venue. Yeah, just waiting. Do we know the, uh, do we know, know the, know the moniker yet? We were, we were big on the Queenstown Millionaires or, or the Queenstown Lakers. <laughs> I think the millionaires uh, just got pipped. There was a report not that long ago, and the Yetis were mentioned in that report. So <laughs> okay. maybe the Queenstown Yetis. Yeah. Oh, let's 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 hope it's the Lakers because it sounds better than the Yetis. Hey, so so they they get eleven day break, don't they? The breakers here. That's it's much needed. What what sort of work do you think uh, Modi be doing with this team, trying to get some confidence? Because that losing feeling becomes a bit of a habit, doesn't it? Well, I think that's the key word, confidence. I, I think probably just take a step back and uh, and get these players playing a little bit more freely. I mean, yesterday, it, it was hard. It was hard to watch. It was tough going. And 
the confidence was lacking, no question. So sometimes you've just got to loosen the reins a little bit. I mean, Modi's a, a fairly intense coach. Maybe just loosen the reins a little bit, try and get some freedom in, in, in play, freedom in movement, and some confidence back into their team. Uh, feeble window right now. So, yeah, they've got an excellent opportunity just to go back to the drawing board, back into the gym and work hard. What about these NBA uh, games, mate, that, are, that happen at the beginning of our season? So they're pre-season for the NBA, but they interrupt our season. We've seen teams over the last few years go and do this, and I think uh, everybody has struggled uh, through the season that they've had those NBA games. Uh, do you think it needs looking at? I think it's a good idea, but do you think it, the timing needs looking at? Well, it's one of those things that you have to weigh up, isn't it? I mean, the, the publicity that it brings to the game down here. I mean, the NBA is the best of the best of the best, and it gets the coverage globally. You know, for our teams uh, here in this part of the world to go over and play in those preseason games, it's, it's a fantastic marketing tool. But the fact that it coincides with the start of the season mm. here uh, does inflict a little bit of damage, and we've seen that with the Breakers this season. So it's a 50-50 call. I'm not quite sure what the answer is. You know, I don't think pushing the ANBL season back is what you do, uh, but it may just be a necessary evil right now. I think I think the answer would be to bring the NBA teams down here as opposed there to, to travelling up there. Because <laughs> if you if you bought an NBA team down here, you'd definitely feel something like Vector out. you get lots of people there. It'd be great for the promotion of the game. Well, you wouldn't just fill it out. You'd have 30,000 outside screens to get in. So uh, no question if they were ever, you know, if the Aussie NBL, uh, Basketball Australia, Basketball New Zealand, anything, if any of them could ever pull that off. I remember uh, attending the Australia-USA game at uh, at the stadium on the Docklands in Melbourne a few years ago, and they played back-to-back games and sold that venue out twice over. More than a hundred thousand people wow. in total went along to see Team USA play against the Boomers. So you bring the NBA to this part of the world, and I guarantee you, uh, not only not only uh, Vector, uh, you're, you're talking Eden Park. You know, you're going to have to set it up and play in a place like that. Kempe's idea is way better than mine, uh, <laughs> got to say. But all I was going to say is that the NBA preseason is a lot longer than when the NBL teams go over there. I mean, what's stopping them from going over two weeks earlier? Because the NBA teams are still playing preseason games two weeks earlier. Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, and I think what we've come down to here is just the timing. You know, if they can get the timing right one way or the other, it may not be as disruptive. You know, the fact that the Breakers had started their season and then they've stopped and gone and done that. Uh, it's a big trip. Uh, it's a big undertaking, and it's clearly uh, worked against them. Having said that, you know, the Breakers now need to look forward. They're 3-7. They're and seven. We know that it's going to take 15 wins to make it through to the Plains. They're going to win 12 of their next 18. So literally two out of every three games, they have to win from here. Uh, they can't uh, rewrite or worry about what's been done so far. They've got to look forward, and they've got some work to do. You know, 65 points in the game yesterday just isn't going to cut it. And that second game yesterday, Melbourne United against Sydney Kings, you put those two games together, Breakers Illawarra followed by the top two teams. It was the bottom two in game one, the top two in game two. And the second game was just head and shoulders above. What about uh, bringing reinforcements in? You know, we talked about some of the long-term injuries that the Breakers have got. Can, can they look to bring players in? Do you think they will? Yeah, they can do that. I mean, they've done that already. Dom Kilman-Potter was, was called up. 
you know, Kiwi big man. So you can bring in injury replacement players. Uh, but what we do know is in the weeks ahead, they've got two stars to come back into that team. And, you know, Cheatham can't come back quick enough. He's he's probably got two to three weeks uh, to go, hopefully not too far away. And then Will McDowell-White after that. It's more a case of can they hold on till that yeah. happens. Yeah, they've got to hold on, haven't they? When when do you put a line through this season? Have you looked? Have you looked at the schedule and said, "What well, this this is it"? Um, if they don't get this over the next month or so, well, well, you've got to look at the reality of what I just said. You need uh, fifteen wins to make the top six and make the play-in. So at three and seven, you know they do need to win two thirds of their game from here. Uh, we know they can get on a run. They've done that before. They've done a magnificent job with runs in the past, but. You know, they've, they've literally got to win two out of every three from here. So, you know, the next three to six games is going to tell us a lot about where they are at uh, for this particular season. Yeah. All right, mate. Listen, uh, you've got a lot of hard work to do. Moni Mayor's got uh, it all in front of him. Wish him all the best of luck. Thanks for very much for coming on, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday, eh? And with free agency opening today in the cells NBL, I gather you guys have got your hand up. Are you available? For I'm ready. Future? I'm ready. You want the best five <laughs> minutes of your life? Give us a year. Yeah, there you go. You've heard it. We've heard, a few, we've heard a few people give us that line over the past, so yeah. all the best, huh? Kemp, just a, a caveat, though, Kempy's knees aren't the greatest, so he can no. only run in straight lines. Yeah, guard. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff, Justin. Go Good on, on you brother. Guys. Cheers. Cheers. It is 8.20 here on SENZ to... Uh, Need a new mobile plan? Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. It is 8.26 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 0800 150 811 or 8833. Time to give away some prizes, including our $100 Adidas Golf voucher. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Here are the clues for Who Am I? The first clue... Was I'm a New Zealander, but I barely ever play sport in New Zealand. Uh, clue number two was currently I'm based in England. My professional career began 14 years ago. And the third clue is when I was handed a surprise call up in 2009, I became just the fifth New Zealander to play in the Premier League. Who am I? I am Chris Wood, uh, who's currently the captain of the All Whites as well. Well done to Pete from Dunedin. Uh, we've got uh, we've drawn you out of the hat. There's been a few correct answers through, Pete, but you have got the $100 Adidas golf voucher, mate, so congratulations to you. Now, we also have another giveaway today, uh, and we're going to do this each day through the next three weeks. To celebrate the Chemist Warehouse Black's uh, Friday sale, we've got 15 balanced protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away, thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. And it was two truths and a lie. Uh, let's go through... Uh, each of us basically had to make a statement. One of them was a lie, two of them were true. You had to guess which was which. I said, Robbie. Sorry, didn't get the music away. <laughs> I said that uh, back in the 90s when I was living in Tauranga, I got roped into playing for Mount Monganui football team and ended up playing in the top side and scored a hat trick against Waitakere at Fred Taylor Park. Kempi, yours? I jumped in the car when I was 12 with my uncle and uh, cruised out to somewhere where he wanted to go and wrote the car off with a minute. All right, and uh, Robbie? And I once got petrol in my eye. And you once got petrol in your <laughs> eye. Okay, so there you go, those two truths and a lie. And the lie was, yeah, I didn't score a hat-trick against Waitakere. I scored one. 
but I didn't score a hat trick. So I did play out there, but I didn't. And I scored one, but didn't score the hat trick. And uh, congratulations. Um, no name on this text at the moment, uh, but uh, whoever you are, you know, you'll know your your text, and we'll get in touch with you uh, to get this prize out to you. I've thought about this for an hour. Ricardo was telling a lie. He didn't get three goals. He got four. Well, you were wrong. I got one, but uh, yeah, close enough. You got me wrong. I did. I did tell the lie. Kempi has been driving since he could crawl, and who hasn't been accidentally splashed by petrol? So yeah, well done to you. <laughs> uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale, a uh, Balance Protein Prize Pack worth over one hundred and fifty dollars is all yours. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and uh, their friends at Balance. And Robbie, I do have to ask you: petrol in the eye hurt? Yeah, it, uh, I, I don't remember it too well. I was quite, I was quite young. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was, I was like helping my mum fill up the car. Um, so I was old enough to do that. I think I must have been like ten or something. Right. Um, and then uh, yeah, the the thing that you know stops it from flowing, we didn't yeah. like flick that off. And so I went to like take it out of the car and, and yeah, went up into wow. the eye. And my mum was, you know, rushing into the petrol station bathroom trying to, like, flush it out with water. And, you know, the people were kind of freaking out in the petrol station. And, yeah, that's all I remember, basically. But not a fun time. Yeah, not a fun time. Doesn't sound like much fun at all. Uh, and, Kempe, you rode off your uncle's car? Yeah, I did. He uh, he got up one morning and uh, wanted me to take him to a party where the family were at and said, asked me if I can drive. And it was a full Mark II Cortina, you know, three on the tree. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, of course I can. And just took a corner too early and ended up in a stop back, wrote the, wrote the whole front of it off. So um, but I, <laughs> I just got me thinking about a story, Rick. The old man, my very, very first towing experience, I was 12, and my old man bought, bought this car. Um, it was an old EA Holden, maybe worth yeah. a fortune today. Paid 50 bucks for it because the, the, uh, the gas stick had, had snapped off at the column. So we put a washing machine stick through the floor and, and through the columns in the floor, me and him welded, him welded it through and put it on and got the thing going and just changed the gears with a, the old washing machine stick down on the floor. But my very first towing experience was towing this car back. It would have been eight k's, I reckon, from where we picked it up to back to my place. Yeah. I never got a lesson about towing. It was I like just hop in that car and, and uh, I'm going to tow you home, all right? And... Mate, one of the scariest things I've ever done. The old man in his Falcon and, you know, big V8 and not going slow with a big just rope tying me along in this back of this car. Wow. And I can just barely see over the over the steering wheel, mate, going, oh, what seemed like 100 miles an hour getting home. Oh, mate, I'll tell you. it's um, Then that's when I first worked out after that lesson was that well, the reason why you got to keep the tight the the rope tight when you tow yeah so it's not pull, ripping the head off of the person who's t- towing yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh no i had a couple of car experiences in my day rick but uh yeah that one about uh, taking my uncle's car and writing it off um it's actually a true story true story there you go we'll do that uh every day this week two truths and a lie here's aroha for you now with news for kubota kubota's in stock catalog is out now it is 27 away from 9 o'clock and uh, time to uh, get into our Choices Flooring Poll results. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. The win of the weekend, here uh, is how, how it rolled out. The win of the weekend, what did you have? Well, 61% of you said Australia beating India at the Cricket World Cup. 
surprised me. We well. got that many. Yeah. We did, a, we did a poll on Friday that said, who do you want to win the World Cup? And 76% of you said India. India. So, <laughs> All right. 28% said one of the weekend was Molly Bloom. 9% said France winning 14-0. And Novak Djokovic got zero votes for winning the ATP finals. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Those are your choices. Flooring poll results. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with choices flooring room view. Uh, time to catch up now with our good mate from the TAB. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Paulie Mawadi, g'day, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, boys. Uh, good weekend for you guys as well, I, I hope. Oh, mate, great weekend for me. Great week, actually. Um, just telling the boys in love racing, fashion shoot, into uh, Mary Louise with Robbie Patterson on the Friday, into Wasaki Place Bet on Saturday. So I'm happy I'm happy as Larry, me, Paulie. And oh, how yeah, good was the old boy as well. Uh, Wasaki in the um, uh, New Zealand Cup just uh, kept coming, kept coming, and... Um, couldn't quite pick up the first two. Uh, the winner, uh, Marajan, uh, was just a wee bit too good for the rest of the field. And, uh, of course, the Metrop winner, Nesteg, uh, for second. But, yeah, you'd have to be very, very happy with the uh, performance of Waisaki finishing into uh, third place in the uh, New Zealand Cup. It was a super run, I thought. Yeah, and how did how did you how the TAB end up, Paulie? Because we always talk about how the punters end up, but how did the TAB end up with the the week down in Canterbury? Because it looked like one hell of a week down there. Yeah, there were some tough times for punters to be fair. Although a number of short price favourites did get up, um, Lord Donovan um, did the business for Johnny Wheeler and went back to back to back. Um, so uh, well done to Johnny Wheeler and the team there. Uh, Lord Donovan uh, getting home in uh, race 10 at Rickerton. Uh, of course, Molly Bloom picking up the uh, Group 1000 guineas with a super, super uh, burst of speed down the straight there at Rickerton. Um, Maria Farina uh, just getting over the top um, of the favourite. I'm wonderful tonight in the uh, stewards. Um, so, yeah, great weather down there. A fantastic crowd um, and some very, very good results uh, for partners. So, no, it was a it was a fantastic uh, cup and show week uh, overall. I think. What about what about the uh, the cricket, Paulie? Because on Friday when we spoke, here, India was unbackable. Was there anyone on Aussie? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Empy. We had an eighteen thousand dollar bet on Australia at two dollars and sixty cents to beat India uh, in the cricket World Cup. Also had a fifteen thousand dollar bet live uh, on Australia at a dollar seven uh, when. Um, they were very, very close to victory. Uh, a $10,000 bet on Australia at $2.15 and a $7,000 bet wow. on Australia at eight. So there was plenty of support uh, for the Australians um, to win the Cricket World Cup. So don't worry about that. That was a very, very good result for a lot of punters overnight. Now, Paulie, uh, the NFL is on. Uh, we've had one game, uh, which was Friday, uh, where the Ravens got up uh, in a uh, in a well, it was a reasonably a bit of an arm wrestle against the Bengals, thirty-four uh, twenty. A, a few more games on currently. Uh, one that uh, I backed. I backed the Steelers to beat the Browns with news that Deshaun Watson's going to be out for the Browns for the rest of the season. Nobody seems to have told the Browns though. They lead ten nil at half time. Yeah. Well. Uh, the good thing for the Browns is that Deshaun Watson doesn't play on their defence, and their defence has been absolutely immense um, so far this season. 
and they are proving the same against the Steelers so far. Uh, well, the Steelers have just won one. Out. Steelers have just run one in from about forty yards. <laughs> oh, oh, the commentators curse sensational. <laughs> I just we might have a look at the uh, Broncos Vikings because we've got a same game claim promotion on that game, which starts later on this afternoon. Broncos at home, they are favourites as well at a dollar sixty-one. Um, the Vikings, of course, without Kirk Cousins, but that really hasn't stopped them. Uh, Joshua Dobbs has been very, very good for the Vikings. Uh, they're on a, a wee bit of a, a streak at the moment, and the boys have put out a boosted uh, market as well on Joshua Dobbs to score a touchdown at any time. That's been boosted out to 450 from 360. That's been very, very well received by punters. Uh, and the Vikings, to upset the Broncos at 220, has also been, seen a bit of action uh, from punters out there. So, yep, uh, looks like if the money's anything to go by, Vikings uh, could be coming away as winners in Denver later on this afternoon. Mate, and then uh, my Raiders up against the Dolphins. Uh, everybody was saying this is a, a lay-down Mazir for the Dolphins. They lead 14-13 at halftime, the Dolphins. Antonio Pierce, the interim coach at the Raiders, he's, he's putting in a, uh, a good shift and a, and a good audition to be the head coach, isn't he? He <laughs> certainly is. Uh, I'm just having a look at now. Uh, the Dolphins are a dollar thirteen head to head to win that uh, to win that match. The Raiders five dollars and twenty five cents. As you say, Ricardo, only one point behind at half time. Fourteen thirteen. They're also nine and a half point underdogs. The Raiders. Surely you'll be having a little piece of that at half time, um, because the way that they've played so far, you'd suggest that they are a huge huge chance of maybe upsetting the Dolphins here. Yeah, well, hopefully, mate. I got them uh, minus twelve and a half at a dollar ninety last week. You talk? Uh, you mean plus twelve and a half? Sorry, plus twelve and a half at a dollar ninety last yes. week. Yeah, which yes. I thought was yes. very good money. Very good money. It's looking very good right now, mate. It is. It is, Paulie. All right, good stuff, mate. Anything else uh, that's exciting you for uh, the rest of the week? I'll uh, just have a look through the list here. Uh, tomorrow, of course, the Chiefs taking on the Eagles. And uh, Monday night footy, uh, we've got a same game claim on that match. And tomorrow at the Palmerston North Greyhounds, we've got a bonus back uh, promotion on the first two races from there. So plenty of opportunities for punters to uh, get on, have a go. Who have you got in the Taylor Swift derby? <laughs> <laughs> the Phillies. <Yeah. laughs> no, you give me Patrick Mahomes any old day. Um, him and Kelsey. Uh, just an unbelievable combination. Good stuff, Paulie. Go well, brother. There you go, Paul Malati from the TAB. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. It is 19 away from 9. 0800 Let's hear from you now. It's 14 away from 9. You can get hold of us, double eight double three or 0800 150 Anthony's texted through. Hey, guys, Ockers are just too good at cricket. It's a fickle game, though. Head played and missed about 10 times, and he French cut three. Then the ball stopped swinging, and it was all over. The Indians just didn't get enough runs. The Black Caps stayed for the 2019 ceremony, unlike the Indians. Yeah, that is true. Now, John has called through as well on 0800 150 Morena, John, how are you? Oh, Morena, hey, last week I remember you asked me, oh, have you got a bet for this coming week? Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it when I got off the phone to you and I was like, shit, I should have told him. 
pick Australia over India. Oh, well, he is <laughs> a good man. <laughs> mate, you know what they say about hindsight? It's 2020. Yeah, yeah exactly, mate. Because I, I, just, I, I just felt that Australia was going to win that game. They had the experience in uh, just read, just just going through the headlines and watching uh, videos of them. They just looked like it was just another game for them. Yeah, you know, and the Indians had all the pressure in the world. You could see it on them. Yeah, you, you just know when they get into that. Um, the Australian cricket team, the Kangaroos. You know, when they're in that position, they they're in a final. You just know they're going to give their their heart and soul to it, don't you, John? Oh, exactly, mate. And we know it better than any anyone around the world. You know, we're, we're their neighbours, and when when you see a good Aussie team on, you're like, "Ooh, move out of the way, mate. They're coming. Mm. They're coming what, for you." What's com- um, What's coming up, John? What's exciting you now? We've got another World Cup that's done and dusted. Um, what What do you like coming into Christmas? Yeah, mate. Oh, I'm just gonna hang out with the whanau, Um, You know, be wrapping up with Mahi in a few few more weeks. Uh, listening to you guys, listening to the cricket on on your guys' station. So um, it, it's a bit of a lull period for us now. I mean, we've got the Breakers and the Phoenix and whatnot and English Premier League, but um, I'm really looking forward to the NRL next year. Really, really looking forward. How yeah. do you think um, your, your Raiders home ground will, will go hosting an NRL game? Oh, yeah. Well, I, no, mate, have you seen that place? Mm. It looks epic. I, I'd love to go. I haven't been, but I'd love to go. They call it the Death Star mm. Because that big globe that sits on the end of the strip there, mate. Yeah, no, it looks fantastic. I yeah. have talked to a couple of people that have been to games here and they just said it's mind-blowing. It's just so good. Yeah, as long as they don't have too many lines on the pitch because that sort of ruins it for me. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently they've got another field under there somewhere. So um, that'll they'll take out the extra turf it's and the bring de- in the... It's the, the Death Star. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, there, there, there's, I don't know if it's the same as uh, the one that they have. I think it's Ajax's stadium in Holland, right? The whole pitch is on a roller, right? And because of the well, because of the the uh, stadia, how the stadia curves over the top, the grass doesn't get all the sun it needs. So what they do when they're not uh, using right. it, they actually roll the entire pitch out of the stadium, and it sits outside of the stadium, getting sun on it. Yeah, and and that's a, that, that's the problem, eh, with those roofs. They they don't let the pitch grow. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't Topman have something like that as well? Yeah, they may well do within you within you yeah, their new stadium. Yeah, yeah, exactly, John. Uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. All right, hey, listen, thanks for your call, brother. All right, dude. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I had a text through as well. We did talk about this earlier, but if you have you missed it, Tyrone Thompson, who uh, plays for, I think he's signed for the Canes and played for Hawks Bay as well, hooker out of Gisborne, uh, being linked to joining his brother Leo over at the Newcastle Knights and switching to. Rugby league. We've had another text through about this. What are your thoughts on it, Kempi? Yep. He, does he have it to, to to switch to league and play league? Oh, I think yeah, I think so. I think you know, it, uh, having a having a twin brother there as well that can show him the ropes. They're both very similar in stature, um, and I'd say that you just need to look at how well the Sofidi brothers go too. Can, can he can he make the switch and the transition quick enough? Um, I think it might take him a little bit, little bit longer in the middle of the park, but yeah, he's a tough kid. He's a tough kid, and he could definitely do it. But on all accounts, he's signed. Okay. He's signed to go to Newcastle. So it's done. Is what you're saying? Well, that's yeah, what that's, you're hearing? that's all the news coming out on the weekend. Was it? That was the big news that they, uh, the NRL, had not just signed an AFL player, but they'd also signed an All Black. Interesting, interesting. The other future news, future All Black, future All Black. Uh, the other news that has come out is about uh, Joseph. Swahili's uh, $5 million contract with Rugby Australia could be scrapped 
amid news that he's already got a welcome back deal uh, at the Roosters after his rugby contract expires, because that's what Nick Pallotta said. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the heads of Rugby Australia are now getting cold feet on the deal. What complicates the deal further is where the funds are being pulled from for his salary worth over $1.5 million Australian per season. Nick Pallotta saying... Oh yeah, no, he's got a three-year stint there, and then he's he's told us he's coming back in twenty twenty-eight. Well, they go, they're, you know, they're not just going to be able to walk away from the contract. There's obviously going to have to be a payout for Joseph because he signed a contract to leave. So, yeah. um, they're, they're a little bit of more water to go under the bridge. But I don't see that deal going through. I think with McLennan getting ousted yesterday as a chairman, yeah, uh, you got uh, young Daniel Herbert going in there. I think he's he's already said in his first media. Um, uh, chat is that you know want to go back to the grassroots and sort that out. So he's taken it straight out of out of performance and put it back to grassroots. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, we'll see more of that because uh, McLennan, fish unofficial at the moment, but at ten o'clock Australian time, which is midday our time, uh, there is going to be an announcement apparently on that. We'll uh, keep our ears out for that one. We are eight away from nine here on SENZ. When we come back, we'll catch up with Daniel McCarty. It is three minutes away from nine. That means that Daniel McCarty's not too far away from taking over and running the cutter through till midday. Uh, morning, Daniel. Did you get any sleep last night or were you up hoping for a, an Indian win in the World Cup? Well, I wasn't sure I was hoping for an Indian win. I was hoping more for an unknown technicality to ruin the spectacle for both teams uh, <laughs> like four years ago. Uh, no, I didn't get much sleep. I um, watched a fair bit of it. Gee, Australia are impressive, aren't they? Their ability to turn it on on the big stage is so impressive. Six now, um, and that's that's a really that that's a great Indian side that they've just beaten. They're not beaten. They've, they've slapped them around the face, haven't they? They have. I saw Michael Vaughan actually uh, texted saying how disappointed he or tweeted, I should say, uh, how disappointed he was that the Indians didn't stay for the trophy presentation. Did you make anything of that? I, I haven't seen that, so I couldn't really comment on that. Um, it would seem very weird. Uh, thing to do, I, I would have thought the game that um, you know preaches the spirit of cricket. The least thing you could, uh, the least you could do, is hang around and show some respect to the team that has just beaten you on the day. What a thought, so mate. What do you What do you got coming up on the show? Uh, we'll do, we'll talk about that. Uh, Rahul Patil will join us, who's a cricket analyst who's been at the Cricket World Cup. Uh, he's had a rough week, uh, proud Kiwi, uh, but uh, also proud Indian too. So he's had a double dose of disappointment in the space of a few days. He'll reflect on. Uh, that game uh, give us an idea of the mood uh, in India, which we all know is pretty gl- uh, sullen, I, I, I would have thought. We're going to talk some football with David Choate too. Um, the All-White struggling against uh, Greece. Uh, Everton receiving a huge uh, sanction for what a £19 million overspend. Uh, I wonder what sanctions might come Chelsea or Manchester City's way. Mm. And, and what does this do for the, the future of Everton? You know... Th- New ownership is supposed to be taking over. Would you want to take over if your team is going to be sued by all the teams that were relegated, uh, which could very likely happen? Uh, and we'll uh, reset with the Wallace and Phoenix are at uh, as uh, international football um, stops and the A League returns uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll have an update, uh, the bulletin with Ben Strang as well, and we'll talk some uh, motorsport as well, Formula One. Apparently, apparently Las Vegas was okay in the end. Well, well, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It's talking of lawsuits, uh, no doubt you'll, you'll talk more of that as well, mate. Go well, Daniel. Have a great show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, there you go. Daniel McCarty taking over uh, from 9 o'clock through till midday for you. We'll be back again tomorrow from around 6 o'clock, so make sure you stay tuned. Looking forward to that. Right now, here's Araha with News for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now.